0: We have issues geek network show that's about everything literary books comic books manga web comics and everything else you might be reading as always I am your host Keith and I am joined by my stalwart psychic who's always at my side host hey light week today on comics but
1: quality stuff that actually came out this week
0: yeah yeah relatively light um, I have a couple more indie books than you do I think this week uh, Ooh, we'll but see definitely some stuff to talk about i'll say that so uh liz is not joining us this week we are going to talk about our mutual read later uh but uh she'll be with us next week uh she just had a scheduling conflict so um as always we like to start with a little bit of news and so i have a couple things here so uh, one of the things, first of all, um, they have the series, the Marvel comic series. I think it's Marvel p- publishing it, yeah, uh, for uh, Darth Vader, the Star Wars uh, Darth Vader book, mm-hmm. and um, it has been teasing some connections between uh, the prequel series and the sequel series. Um, he basically he sees somebody. That, it, like, a horrible villain and all this stuff. And it people think it's a reference to Snoke. Like, this is Snoke. This is where Snoke came from. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail of it, uh, but because I didn't read the comic itself, but I was reading the article. And, uh, yeah, it seems like they're starting to tease some of the things that are going to, you know, tie some of the Star Wars stuff together, which is cool. Um yeah. I dig that. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um Okay. Uh, a couple more things. Uh, so I'm a big, I was a big fan of the max, the, the comic, the max from, uh, image. Right. Um, uh, from Sam Keith really, really great. Um, so the series has been out of print for more than a decade. Um, and then, uh, in 2017 IDW did some reprints and stuff. Right. Um, and actually there is a rumor, uh, that we were going to get a feature film for the max with Channing Tatum developing it.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Which I'm like I'm down with that, you know. That's really cool. So, um but uh it is actually heading to uh Kickstarter right now to kickstart a calendar. And this might be a sign of like maybe more like more more development of a new comic maybe, new series. You know, it's the first time he's really making something new for the Max in a very long time. Yeah, that's
1: currently that's currently that that crossover, like a Batman and a Max crossover, but it's probably not canon or elsewhere elseworld stuff. But yeah, to kind of make
0: it make his own uh, stamp again, pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to see it come back. You know, Um, it it was one of my favorite Image comics, and I remember the MTV show was really cool. Like, yeah, so um also a big thing that happened if you're a fan of x-men uh especially in the 90s um there was the era it's the blue and gold era is what everybody calls it and uh it's the era what that like the cartoons based on a lot of things are where you know specifically i always think of cyclops's outfit you know the blue with the yellow patches and stuff pouches and stuff Yeah, the best suit yeah <laughs> ooh, that's a question i don't know about that i fucking love that suit so much i love i love the x-visor like that that x-visor is
1: badass mm-hmm. <laughs> i just don't so, like, like the whole uh, scuba suit um, that he has like that he's had like in the recent years where there's almost like no identity
0: to it really yeah <laughs> um so we got a cool announcement about this uh for those who don't know, if you followed X-Men very closely during that period, there was the storyline that was dropped because the creative team disappeared of the third summer's brother. Now we know of Gabriel Vulcan, but at the time that wasn't the plan. They had a third summer's brother in mind. A lot of people think it was Adam X. Mm. Well, um, Marvel is bringing back the creative team for a mini to do the third summer's brother story. And from what I understand, it's going to be Canon. Oh shit. And that creative team is Fabian Nicieza <gasps> and, and Chris Claremont. Oh, whoa. Oh, shit. yes. Yes. It's called X-Men legends is the book.
1: Oh shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, um, wow. So there's going to be multiple people involved. Uh, So Fabian Nassiza and Chris Claremont are going to be involved. But also Brett Booth is going to be involved. Larry Hama, Peter David, and Louise Simonson.
1: Jesus.
0: Yes, right? Like, you can imagine how I feel about
1: this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't need to talk too much about how much I want that. But I'm so very, very excited. Um, So we'll see. Wasn't there
1: uh, that that recent like prophecy or riddle in in X Men about there being like more than three Summers brothers or the Summers siblings?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm I'm kind of like uh, curious as to see where this is going to be going. Yeah. Um, and if it's canon, then what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, is it going to change things yeah. retroactively? What if they have a human sibling? how crazy would that be? You know, like, so uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I need it. I need to no. know. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yep. Uh, next thing I wanted to go ahead and, uh, quickly talk about, uh, one of the great, greater creators, I would say of DC is, uh, Grant Morrison. Yes. um, uh, so great person um, did a lot of great work and um, Grant recently uh, did an interview and Grant has expressed that he, that they are actually non-binary.
1: Oh, get the fuck out.
0: Yeah. Really? Uh, so Grant said, as a, for instance, when I was a kid, there were no words to describe certain aspects of my own experience. Mm-hmm. I've been non-binary, binary cross addressing genderqueer since I was 10 years old the oh. available terms for what I was doing and how I felt, were few and far between we had transsexual and transvestite just transvestite which both of which sounded like dsm classifications rather than lifestyle choices yeah i didn't want to be labeled as a medical aberration because that's not how it felt nor was it something cut and dried and done i didn't want to transition or embody my female side exclusively so i had no idea where i fit in so you get a really interesting interview it's about um, about how that's become more common and more acceptable And it's a really great read if, if, if you, uh, if that's something you want to read about, it's a really, really great read and, uh, uh, not the person I would have called for that, but that's really cool. I, I, you know, I appreciate hearing about that. So.
1: Oh, totally. Like, congratulations, congratulations grant on just being comfortable accepting who you are. It's just fucking awesome. Exactly.
0: Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, next bit of news I got a couple things here uh, that are kind of related. The first one, uh, one of the things we mentioned that Marvel purchased recently was Aliens and Predator. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on Monday, Marvel announced that they're going to do Predator, the original year's omnibus volume one. It's going to be a hardcover collection of the Predator comics. It's going to be released in July. And uh, it's going to be. Pretty good size, uh. From what I'm seeing here, it looks roughly like 25 issues ish, maybe more. No, that's not no bad. it's got to be more. Actually, I'm looking. Yeah, at, yeah. 25 so, is like a base set for for to start on an
1: omnibus. So that's already pretty big.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably a little bit bigger actually. Now that I look mm-hmm. at it. So, but that's really cool. Um, if you're a big fan of those, and especially, it's really smart of them to do that as they got the um the rights to it. Mm-hmm. You know, put out there what's out there and everybody can catch up, and then we're all on the same page. So that's really cool. Yeah. And then uh, I only got two more things. These are two things related to uh, industry changes. Marvel publisher John Nee is no longer with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, he was furloughed by Disney, um, and uh, he is uh, – so he was, he was a publisher. Like, he, he took Dan Buckley's spot, so he was a significant person um but he's also the person that um brought uh warhammer the warhammer license to marvel Mm. so uh but yeah he uh as far as his history goes he was the president of wildstorm once with jim lee sold it um and he was a vice president in dc for a while um and yeah he i don't think he was actually a creator at any point but he was always a publisher and you know editor and things like that so yeah and then um so, so he was furloughed because of COVID, unfortunately. Um, however, on the flip side of this, DC has named Mary ja- Javens as the new editor in chief. Oh yes. And this is an awesome move. Um, she was, uh, she was the executive editor and, uh, has worked on editing, t- editing titles like justice league, DC superhero girls and dark Knight's death metal. Um, So she's just a really talented person as far as comics go, and now she is going to be uh, editor-in-chief for DC. So that's a really cool move. Uh, She's going to work very closely with Jim Lee, um, and uh, she's going to be, I think, a voice that we're going to really appreciate um, in in DC. Yeah, so... um, Just a quote here, Marie intrinsically understands the power of comics and their unique ability to entertain and empower, which makes her the perfect choice to be DC's next editor-in-chief. In In addition to her many creative talents, she's also incredibly committed to increasing access to this amazing industry by mentoring the next generation of comic book creators and helping them find their voices. And then she said, as a young girl devouring comics of Wonder Woman, Nubia, and Supergirl, I never dreamed that decades later I'd be at the helm of mighty DC Comics. Hmm. I'm incredibly honored by this responsibility and will dedicate myself to supporting and challenging DC's extended family of staff, talent retailers, and partners around the world. Um, and says to tell innovative visual stories that will reflect and expand our world. And in some cases, our galaxy and multiverse. Uh, so this, this is a really good sign. Um, like I said, she's, she's edited many things. Um, she's responsible for Superman smashes the clan, which is great. (laughs) Um, uh and yeah she's done a couple different things uh that i think again i think this is gonna be good i think she's gonna bring some a new face she's gonna bring some new creators to dc and hopefully a bit of diversity you know like yeah and um who knows she might be a reason for getting future states so
1: that's true yeah maybe some uh maybe she'll say no to more batman projects over other projects
0: yes exactly so uh, but he's, um, or she's, uh, she's going to be joining soon and, uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully it, like I said, it'll be a good turn for DC. I think, I think I'm pretty excited about the future of DC to be honest. Yeah, lately me too.
1: After this, this announcement, me too.
0: Yeah. So, um, and that's all I have for news. Not a lot this, uh, this, uh, week. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, nothing really popped up, uh, on my end. Okay. The one thing, and I don't know how exclusive this is going to be, uh, that I wanted to quickly mention that we found out on Twitter. um, When we released last week's episode and we reviewed Money Shot, I put a note in there. (laughs) I hope this isn't the end. And Tim Seeley was gracious enough to message me back and say, it's not the end. That was great. And I was like, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited about that uh, prospect. Uh, you guys know we love Money Shot. Uh, we actually read the, uh, the the Playboy exclusive short story, <laughs> which we can talk about during our webcomic section, actually. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, so. But that's all I got right now. Um, so what I want to do now is move on to what we've actually been reading. Uh, as always, we start with our manga. So, uh, first of all, we never learn. Uh, It was cute. I mean, I I don't need to keep reviewing it every week, guys. You know what it is. So, uh, I enjoy it. It's really cute. And uh, it's going to be done soon. And that's going to make me sad. So, Um, I've also been reading Food Wars uh, a lot. Um, I'm on Chapter 115. (laughs) So, um, it's so funny to me how much it's like every action anime like all the same story beats and everything. But the only difference is in the end, they don't start punching each other. They just start cooking furiously. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really funny to me and I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, Our main character finally lost his first cooking competition to somebody besides his father. And it's really cool how he takes it because he, he basically takes it as a learning experience and he wants to learn, Hey, what did you do? How did you do this? You know, like, and he basically, they've been talking trash the entire time, but then he sits down with the dude and asks him to make the DM dish so he can taste it and like take it apart and stuff like that. So it was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the cast is really big right now, but it's so good. I, I don't even give a shit. So um, pretty good. Um, we also got a new Magu-chan <laughs> and now we can actually talk about it together. Yes so uh i'll kick it to you uh what do you think about this week's magocchan
1: um well i fucking love that it was just centered on naputaku <laughs> i'm trying to find the fucking act- the actual chapter but yeah. it it's it's revolved around him and there it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just love like the the innocent approach i can just like i can't wait for this shit to turn into an anime and then we actually follow um naputaku's henchmen the the hermit crabs you yes. i want i want them to have like like little chipmunk voices like from like like wizard of oz and just like just because yeah. i love how obedient they are and just like how actually thoughtful and trying they want to be towards like their master <laughs> they're just some of the best side characters and then like oh my god when the fucking shark shows up and just scares yeah. the shit out of him <laughs> 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 it's all great i, I really like that it was just like again one of these like a side story of like not necessarily focusing on magu-chan uh, Magu- but mm-hmm. then he does show up and he shows up with the fucking puppy. Like that that, that was a great callback after just like that emotional chapter. The fact that he yeah. so he can still go and hang out with him. It's just it's so innocent, but I just I love the adventure of this of this uh of this manga.
0: Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's it's just a fun ride, you know. I mean it's not too yes. much like you know, yeah. Also, yeah, just I love the creepiness of Magu Chan sometimes. Like when he pulls the sword out of himself, it's just so weird looking. <laughs> like, oh my god! He just oh disgorges a sword. <laughs> like, that like, shit Jesus. was
1: so was so uh, sad too. Like the whole like again, like let's, let's incorporate the the anime side of this and like just bring out the sword. And it's like cool. The anime kid, the anime kid, can have his own weapon again. Like with this, that, that was a great callback to, to that part. Uh, yeah. But then like the thank you, uh, <laughs> the thank you for the hermit crabs was to get the that bait, the fishing bait. And Mm -hmm. only only to find out that it was like this, like super dope enchanted bait, and just poor naputaku. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the end, he got what he wanted, with like a little stove. But goddamn, he 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 could just have the best life. But these poor little gods just have the worst luck. (laughs) It's great. I love
0: it. So. (laughs) All right, and then enough enough uh, foreplay. Oh. I asked Liz if she might want to just pop on just to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> but she says she'll give her opinion next week. Um My Hero Academia.
1: My Hero fucking academia.
0: So Chapter 290. 290. Uh we get Dobby's Dance. We get confirmation of one of the longest running fan theories in My Hero. Uh, definitely among Star group. So, Hostway, yeah. why don't you take it away?
1: <sighs> well, we're still trying to trying to fight whatever husk is Shigaraki.
0: Yeah, whatever's left, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but that's really not the center of this fight. The center of this chapter is this broadcast that got sent out. And, of course, the timing and setting of all of setting this this, this broadcast it's Todoroki's mom just being like, what the fuck's going on TV? And all of the bells and flags just started ringing because it, it, it automatically cuts to said fight that wasn't really all that interesting right Like right before, but we're just focusing on Todoroki. And it's just everything. Everything is just pointing to this theory. And of mm-hmm. course, the next person we focus on is Endeavor. And Dobby shows up with the biggest fucking smile on his face,
0: with the ready cool, to honestly, fuck everything up,
1: <laughs> ready to ruin everything, and with one of the coolest reveals, like him, like just like throwing, like just pouring the the water or um, peroxide, but like, just to wash out the, just to bleach out the color and to show his true hair color, which was just, just like this snow white hair. Mm-hmm. and it's toya this the the long alluded to be deceased brother of the todorokis toya yep fuck oh man it was like it, it's always it's always it was always there it was always so obvious
0: the the yeah, type of to the point that all of us called it yeah but, but just because it's obvious doesn't make it not good Oh totally, <laughs> like, oh, totally. yeah
1: and especially with like the like us being now being like with the family, like endeavor trying to to reunite. And then the older brother just still being like, No, like you fucked up. Like we don't wanna call you dad, but I guess mom wants to try. Like uh, us being in the like in the middle of that, and then mm-hmm. we actually got to feel like what the family like had was feeling all this time, and then still wondering in the back of our minds, like, is Dabby who we think it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just love how how perfectly like they're kind of almost painting like this son was dead almost like to say that it wasn't really dobby they really thought this this like their sibling was just gone only for the fact that this person really is deranged and gone and all in the whole sense of that word and oh because we know how fucking psychotic dobby is <laughs> yeah and he's just eating it up he him revealing the past never dies. Him, just like I am, what you've always dreaded for him to uh, for for you to come for it to be real. And then, yeah, the last page is just the haunting of Shadow and Endeavor. Just that the, the haunting of who they have to face now. Not even like Sugar Rocky, like <laughs> fighting this whole other personality inside of him. Not even Giganto Machia, who just showed up on the fucking scene. No. Mm-hmm. The thing that they're just mostly shocked, planted in their feet right now, is Toya Todoroki. <laughs> like fuck. So yes. Good.
0: Yeah, it's great. Not a lot happened besides that. To be honest with you.
1: Oh yeah, no, it was it was, a, it was nothing but a reveal, and at the very least, like some details to the reveal, which was awesome. Yeah, not a not a lot happened, but it was just a long time coming for us to just get this great answer.
0: Yeah, it was it was really dope. And uh he yeah, like you said, he just took so much pleasure, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> in just saying it. He's like, ah, fucker. Like <laughs> like it's just really like it's just so well done.
1: Or the the fact they had this like coordinated like broadcast announcement just like not even just like but for everyone else to just like bring down Endeavor, just like you thought he was your hero your hero has a fucking villain for a sign, and just like, Oh God, him just
0: basking in it. It's just so good. Yeah. It's his way of taking down the number one hero. Yes. Which once again, the top 10 getting decimated
1: just in a different
0: way this time. Like they, cause the, the, the public already doesn't really like endeavor. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how that's going to change now that they find out this shit. Like, the, like even if he's still active, he'll plummet down the rankings, you know what oh, I mean? Totally. Like I I just I just thought about that scene with
1: um, that kid, like like the number one Endeavor fan, who was mm-hmm. just like who when Endeavor is like, Oh maybe, maybe I should try to be like a nicer hero and he wants to go he specifically goes to that kid, and goes to like handshake and was like, What? You're a sellout, Endeavor would never do this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh but yeah, great chapter
0: yeah definitely
1: and now i'm I'm, um, I'm wondering how it'll actually play out see if like if we'll probably get more bleed bleed through of uh when vigilante how is like to like, bleed through a little bit and like, we're still yeah. kind of focusing on like or Endeavor's still kind of around there since he kind of did show for like the last like main event so and again like, we're still focusing on, on him on this one now so man my hero is just so good
0: <laughs> yeah it is yeah i'm really i'm really digging it and uh the fact that this is all happening while well, basically they're fighting the most like dominant villain that could destroy everybody. Yes. And then everybody stops and is just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's almost like this whole thing was set up just to reveal this. Maybe yeah. Grave Sugar Rocky's like, all right, mission accomplished. That's why we're here. And just bomb out. <laughs> like it's just like what? <laughs> like, so yeah. Uh but digging it, it's great. Um I don't have any other manga. Do you have anything else?
1: Uh, no, not on the mangos.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Uh, next up, we are going to talk about webcomics. And as I mentioned, we have Money Shot, Woo! Uh, which was released on Playboy.com. Uh, luckily, uh, Tim Seeley provided a direct link on his Twitter, and I did not have to Google Playboy.com Money Shot. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Um, so I read it and I passed it along to Hosway. Uh what'd you think?
1: Uh well goddamn it. It was just great to get money shot again even if it was for just like a quarter
0: or half to or to half an issue. Yeah. But- <laughs> I mean honestly if they did a bunch of mini stories like this I would be so down with that.
1: Well I mean I thought that's what they were going to just like run with it the whole time and then they just hit us with like a the end of a, a very premature a preemie <laughs> a preemie the end. Yeah uh but no it's a classic fucking money shot off the bat i love that doug of all people is just like wait i'm all about this but i don't want to do this these people fucking smell (laughs) it's a bunch of deer people
0: (laughs) yeah it's great And it was a cool twist in that they uh, they ended up having sex with a planet yes which is a very marvel thing but with sex i love it (laughs) and then basically it reveals the planet thinks that they sink too. So it's <laughs> yes. like, that's pretty funny. Like it's a very cool way to do it. So, uh, enjoyed that. The origin was uh, pretty fun. Uh, everybody looks great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited that we're going to get more. Me too. And like, like I said, I would be totally okay with them doing short stories like this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just like fun little, like best of type things or wacky adventures they had. Like, I'd be okay with that. I, that'd be a lot of fun to keep up with. So, yeah, um, really enjoyed it. Um, but that's it. I, all I got for web comics, really. None of my others have really progressed very far. So, Yeah. Um, any other web comics or anything like that for you? No, it's just this one, which is like the best treat. Nice. Uh, as far as books go, I am almost done with Eggshells, the book about the Tokyo Dome. I'm pretty close to the end. Uh, I'm only putting it on at night, really, when I'm trying to do something else and listening to it. Uh, But other than that, I did get some more progress into the Neil Gaiman book. And um, I only read four things from the book this time, but they were pretty significant ones. Um, The first one I read was his actual original version of Snow, Glass and Apples, which was adapted to a graphic novel last year. Have you read this? No. The graphic novel? Oh, Uh my God. It's so good. Okay, Um, you know how how Disney is doing the whole, like, with Maleficent, where she's not actually a bad guy thing? Yes. Yeah. This is kind of that for Snow White and the Evil Queen, Okay, except done in a very good way. Interesting.
1: Mm. Because, I mean, that that villainous for sure is, like, way more vain, so how do you kind of, like, balance that out?
0: Because, basically, the story is that the villagers made up a bunch of shit. Like... And they were told certain things, basically. So, um, it starts off with the evil queen was just like a peasant, and the prince rode by and and fell in love with her and uh, took her home and married her and made her the queen. Well, he already had a daughter, and um, she was like, "Well, I want to like get to know my stepdaughter, you know, and let her know, you know, she can talk to me and stuff." So she tries to talk to. Snow White and Snow White is Snow White. She has very pale skin, ruby red lips and there's just something disturbing about her. And when she goes to to visit her and she's like, are you hungry? And she brings her an apple, ruby red apple and Snow White bites into it. But then like the queen gets kind of like confused and fuzzy. And then next thing she knows, Snow White is biting her and drinking her blood.
1: Oh shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so she's like, what the fuck, man. <laughs> and so she's freaked out by it. And, uh, but she tries her best to like, well, she basically avoids the child from that point forward. Mm-hmm. Cause she's not just going to kill a little kid, you know, especially, you know, being the, the queen and everything. So, um, she basically avoids her. And then she notices that the father is slowly going weaker and he has less energy and all this stuff. Like as they're, as they're married And then he, he stops wanting to sleep with her. It's just this whole thing. And she's like worried that, that, you know, that Snow White's killing her daughter or her father, basically. And then in the end, she does kill her father. Well, um, she, uh, she basically it's all the beats of Snow White in that, you know, she's sent to the forest and all this stuff. And, but it's it's because she's evil it's because she's a fucking vampire and um she has her heart cut out uh just like in the the actual story but in the actual story her heart's cut out it's not cut out they they say it's actually the heart of a deer or something right uh-huh uh, that's what the huntsman tells her but in this one it is her heart and it keeps beating and beating and it's just hanging over the queen's um bed and she watches it basically What and yeah it's creepy as shit i love it and so she's basically like as long as it's beating she's still out there but she's like at least she's gone and stuff and um basically uh the they have like a fair where they make a lot of money for the kingdom people come from the forest and all over and this fair starts making less and less money because no one shows up because the people in the forest stop showing up and she figures out it's basically, they're getting wiped out by something and it's Snow White. And so she basically makes an effort uh, to, she, she poisons some apples and then she disguises herself as an old woman and goes and tries to like, it basically tricks Snow White into eating the apples and uh, that poisons her. And she's basically paralyzed and, and dead. And, uh, then as she's, uh, um, how do I put it? Okay. So uh, another Prince shows up and this is the Prince charming of snow white, the one that ends up with snow white. Right. And he shows up and she's like, he's cute kind of. And also, you know, I'm single now and it'd be nice to merge our, you know, our kingdoms. We both, you know, gain from that and all this stuff. So, she ends up sleeping with him that night, and he's really terrible in bed, and he's, like, apologizing and, like, awful. And she's just like, all right, okay, cool, I guess. Well, he ends up going into the forest afterwards, and he finds... Oh, that's what it was. When he's sleeping with her, he wanted her to, like, lay completely still. Okay. And he didn't want her to make a noise and stuff, so he's... Yeah, you yeah, you can read into that what you want. Yeah. So so he goes into the forest and he finds out that the seven dwarves have made this glass coffin for Snow White. And so she's dead. She's just laying there dead and he buys the body from the dwarves for what purposes you can imagine. Uh-huh. And and then the evil queen is just like I don't know what happened if, you know, whatever he did, the poison apple jostled loose. Uh, so she woke up basically. And then she spun this story of like, he, um, uh, that the, the queen is evil and that she's done all these things and stuff. And they turned the common people against her because not only is she young and attractive, she's also got the beguiling nature of a vampire. Right. Hmm. So they basically turned the whole kingdom against the queen and the, and so that's where the whole like positive part of the story is where it's like, you know, love is triumphed evil and all this stuff, but it's really they have a vampire queen now. And it's really dark and grim, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's in this really cool Neil Game in way. So now I really want to pick up the graphic novel. So it was awesome. Um, the next one era was only the end of the world again. Um so this one was really cool. And I think it's something you would dig uh, specifically. It was a guy who is a werewolf, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he goes through the typical werewolf thing, you know, it's, it's the full moon. He wakes up and he's just like, Oh crap. What did I do? You know, all this stuff. And um, he's in this small town, but it, it slowly devolves into a, a elder God Cthulhu thing. Yes. Where basically the town he's in is absolutely insane. And they um, everybody acts strangely and he doesn't know what's going on. And basically the town ends up being a cult trying to raise an elder god and the sac- necessary sacrifice needed on the day when all the plans are aligned, which it is that day is the blood of a wolf, the blood of a werewolf. Ooh. Oh shit. (laughs) So yeah, it's a really cool thriller between like a werewolf and some Cthulhu worshiping like people like it's not Cthulhu. There's a different name, but yeah.
1: But like who's Um, the real monster here type of thing.
0: Kind of. Yeah. But also like, it's clearly the town. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So it's just really cool. And there's a lot of really great dread moments, which I love. So, um, and then the next one is a very short one. I think it's three pages called don't ask Jack. And it's about a jack-in-the-box that was a a toy for these children in their house that they never played with and they never wanted to play with. Um, And then it's like the children didn't play with it and it ended up in the attic. And then uh, over time, one by one, separately, they all remember walking alone in the moon's blue light on his or her own bare feet up to the nursery. It was almost like sleepwalking they pulled it out and they they pulled out the box they would touch it the lid would open and it's this is the best part so imagine a jack in the box right and the way it's like pops out and goes ah you know so this description is what got me it says, it says and then the child would touch the catch and the lid would open slow as a sunset and the music would begin to play and jack came out not with a pop and a bounce he was no spring-heeled jack but deliberately intently he would rise from the box and motion to the child to come closer, closer and smile. And there in the moonlight, he told them each things that they never, that they could never quite remember things. They were never able to entirely to forget. Oh, and then it's like bad things happen to all the children. Right. And they sell the house and it says, uh, you know, years have passed. The girls, the girls are old women and all this stuff. It's like, um, uh, and deep within the box, within the box, within the box, Jack waits and smiles, holding his secrets. He's waiting for the children. He can wait forever. Fucking creepy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it's just such a great book already. And I really want the audiobook if Neil Gaiman's going to read it. I really, really want it. So. Oh, that'd be great. And then the last thing I read was actually an excerpt from Neverwhere, which I've read, you know, a bunch. But mm-hmm. it was great to read just an excerpt like... To see, hey, what did they f- feel? Hey, this is what would sell Neverwear. This is what people should know about Neverwhere. And it was a really cool scene. It, it had the major four characters in it, and it's it kind of embraces the wackiness of Neverwhere. of like, hey, we're we're in this weird modern dark fantasy world, and like, it, it was it was a perfectly chosen selection, I would I would say. So, uh, but yeah, I'm really enjoying that book. It's just been so good and just. It really is the best of Neil Gaiman. It's just amazing. So I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Uh, any books or anything like that for you? Uh, no, no books. Cool. We are launching straight into our comics then. Nice. Um, as always, we start with our indie books, and we'll start with our indie solo book. Actually, no, let's, let's do our mutual read first. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so uh, it's New X-Men, and it is the uh, run during House of M um so as a quick primer this is a four issue run and uh if you've been listening to our mutual reads you know most of the characters they're going to be involved in this but they're pretty different in this world yeah and and it's it's a different creative team as well and you can tell they have in my opinion they like these characters but they might not love them <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like like, like how the other creative teams do. So they might have been assigned, hey, this is your assignment for House of M. And they're like, who's this? And they're like, here, here's some books. Read these. This is who they are. You know, like, and maybe they're like, hey, these characters are cool. I have an idea of these. But mm, some of it just, mm, you yeah. know, so we'll get into it. Um, so the setup here is, as we know, in the, uh, the mainline series, we got the Hellions and the New Mutants. And ostensibly, in reality, this isn't true, but ostensibly, the New Mutants are the good people and the Hellions <laughs> are kind of like the rebels, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but we know that the Hellions are actually the ones who are good at this. <laughs> so, Seriously. Uh, yeah. So uh, in this world, it's a little different. Uh, for those who don't know, quick primer on House of M. It's an alternate reality that Scarlet Witch created where Magneto is basically ruling the planet. Mutants have taken over. They're the dominant species, and uh, basically every nation's ran by mutants and everything. It's it's kind of wish fulfillment uh, as to what if Magneto's dream came true, what would happen? And um, it's a really cool crossover. Like if you want to read it, it's really good. Oh yeah, um, the the main line, I, the
1: main House of been M- Fuck, Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of them. I think this personally is the weakest part of House of Him was one of the uh, probably this run, like um, oh, okay. but not to say it's bad bad but it's just it's just not on par with the other stuff to me mhm um so um yeah so in this world uh as i said uh mutants have taken over pretty much everything so um they've also taken over shield and shield is kind of like the law enforcement agency just like it is but this time on behalf of mutants and um there is a group in S.H.I.E.L.D. of training students who are called the Hellions, conveniently enough. And um, their leader is actually Danny Moonstar, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that she's leading the Hellions in this world.
1: I like um, her, her cable eye.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got the glowing cable eye, which is interesting. And I think they said, like, what happened to your eye? She's like, don't fucking worry about it. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, we'll never know. <laughs> so... um. And then the other group, the new mutants, also conveniently named, are a part of like the future leadership of mutants. And so they're, they're obviously the, the more dignified mutants and the ones who are more like uh, uh, their powers more might lean towards, you know, diplomacy and stuff like that. So um, now the rosters do not match the current reality, which I like because that would have been way too much of a stretch for me. Mm-hmm. Is they just happen to have the same people in this alternate reality? Yeah. Uh, so, um, some of the big changes: Dust is a new mutant instead of a Hellion.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh, So's Tag. Um. And then, on the Hellion side, Wind is on the Hellion side now. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, there's some characters not involved in our current read, including Jubilee who is a new mutant (laughs) and um and quentin choir who is also a new mutant uh (laughs) and then also they add iliana to the hellions as the story starts oh yeah so um the basis of the story is there's some terrorists they're from japan uh shield wants to send the hellions to take out take it out but they find out one of the leaders of the terrorist attack is surge oh yeah surge is also a Hellion in this too forgot that um it, it's her it's her father so they're like you can't go because it's your father you're gonna you know protect him and stuff and she's like she's offended they won't let her go first of all um <laughs> and then in Japan. It's actually Japan's actually being led by Sunfire, which I thought was a cool moment. Emperor Sunfire. I thought, so I thought
1: that was cool because so, some, some, Sunfire doesn't get enough enough credit or, or enough spotlight. And mm-hmm. I I love his attitude, where it's just like almost like fuck America. I gotta do, I gotta do my own thing over here. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was still kind of on brand with like his whole
0: like regime. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, see, so yeah, basically, uh, it deals with the, their interpersonal stuff. What I thought was cool was the only relationships like romantic relationships that made it through reality
1: mm-hmm.
0: were surge and prodigy and wind dancer and hellion yeah yeah so well, i think that they're... says a lot about those relationships so <laughs> for
1: for for constants and uh and even in an alternate realities like the least two stay constant i like that too because even still like stuff still has to at least like to, like pertain or at least like to some degree, like tether to the old world for the new one to make sense. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it's also interesting to note that this is the third alter or third reality. We've seen surgeon David end up together. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So let me get your general opinion. What did you think?
1: Okay. Um, honestly, I, I did enjoy this only because, or at least for the main part. Um, cause one of, my, one of the first graphic novels I really got for myself, um, for my collection, was the House of M book, like the big hardcover. Right. I, I hate things no less. So that was really cool. Um, so I read this shit like so many fucking times. What I never mm-hmm. really got to read were pretty much any of its tie-ins. And, it's yeah. not, and it wasn't really because I didn't want to, but kind of was. It was mainly also because I knew that all of these tie-ins weren't necessarily that important because the whole premise of the of the House of M was that it was all, already already an alternate reality. So there's really no consequences or stuff in details that would really carry over or that really matter to me. Um, so this is really kind of like the second or third tie-in I actually read from from the House of M storyline. The mm-hmm. only one I actually read was the Civil War one that actually kind of explained what happened to Xavier. And that one was really cool. So when you said that this one's kind of like the weakest one, I do believe you, and I kind of see why. It's almost like... like <laughs> This storyline was very much like, let the mutants run wild. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like for off the bat, like when the terrorists show show up in the first issue, I, I mean, I thought this was really cool, but brutal as fuck. Like, like, so all, all these terrorists are, are literally about to detonate themselves. Obviously, when you do something about them, what does Hellion do? He uses telekinesis to just to compress the dude's explosion and just let him vaporize himself. And yeah. that was really fucking cool, but so brutal. Yeah. And and there's some We also, many, sorry, we also get
0: some highlights from other characters too. Like like Quill. <laughs> Quill was in it. And that was cool. Oh, totally. I was like, Quill, So um and the other big change I wanted to ask you about is Dust.
1: Yes, that one. Um honestly so I know I that Liz and I were always just like, God damn, like surge is just, like really hard on her for her for her faith and her beliefs. So in this case, it's like, am I going to come down hard on, like, the creative team, or just herself, or how she is, or how they kind of made her in this one, being a complete opposite. But again, this is an alternate reality where, like, I can definitely see where, like, hanging out with, with Jubilee for so much, and just, like, kind of, like, <laughs> being a mall rat herself, and like, almost, like, flipping her, or having this whole, like, change of faith. And I can totally just see her kind of, like, embracing that side, too, like, in a sense of rebellion, since, again, like, these are mutants who are just running wild. So seeing Dust yeah. kinda like letting loose was was pretty cool. But in, that's and again, my like,
0: that's my thing with it, is like if it's if this is a world run by mutants, think about like the nature of mutants and the impact they have on they would have on, on reality. Yeah. Would that world almost be post religion? You know what I mean? Like Oh totally. Like would would being a devout Muslim matter in a world where you know, people have the power of gods, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm kind of yeah. curious as of like how that plays into it. So, mm-hmm.
1: so, so, um, so in, th- in this case, it didn't, it, I never really felt that it was like out of character or like they crossed, they crossed some sort of line, like, like with dust. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really felt, felt that. So that that was pretty cool. Just almost, and again, to see this whole other side from again, and it's still just a different, um, an alternate universe of her side. So yeah, like I, I did like her because she, again, she, her powers are hella fucking like just powerful as hell she can do damage and then when she like when the when all hell breaks loose like she, she was doing damage
0: yeah exactly and um so i'm trying to think of like any other major changes that i'd want to address well, well before i get to the obvious one um so let's just talk about lori um so lori wallflower sweet adorable wallflower who we all love, uh, one could say had a bit of a character assassination in this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I could also see how power could corrupt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially
1: these. And we knew like the whole past with the dad, too. And this yeah. is the alternate reality where mutants can run wild. So like, yeah. there are no consequences to like how far you can take your powers in this world basically
0: yeah so basically lori is part of the new mutants in this world but in reality she's actually uh, a deep cover spy for shield and uh she um is pretty brutal (laughs) pretty uh unforgiving in fact uh and we can see how powerful she is which is cool because we haven't actually seen her like, be a badass in the other books. Yeah. She's so timid that to see her be a badass was kind of, like, shocking. And in this case, uh, Quentin Quire finds out what she is, that she's a, you know, a double agent, and she uses her power to uh, make him kill himself. (laughs) Like, there's no real easy way to say that. That's basically what it is. She makes makes him shut down his own brain um and, and in I have this to explain world in it later too like even because like, it's almost like
1: he wouldn't really mm-hmm. do that like really like quentin i'm mean, gonna it sucks i'm sorry that he left like that he went but like really like by almost by still like it was almost like unbelievable because and i love how the cuckoos put it because he was so full of himself there was no way he yeah. would ever be like that
0: <laughs> quentin never changes <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> no matter what reality it is quentin's always quentin choir um <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's so full of himself, he wouldn't off himself like that. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, she's able to do that. She's able to just shut down his brain or actually make him shut down his brain. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And basically, we find out more about S.H.I.E.L.D. in the House of M universe, which we actually didn't get a ton of information about in the other books. Right. So that was one thing this expanded on. Um, and basically, S.H.I.E.L.D. is a corrupt organization, a corrupt spy organization. <laughs> Uh, that does, you know, makes things, does the dirty bidding of mutants basically. So, yeah. Um, and in the end, uh, they all have to team up new mutants and hellions together to do the right thing. Uh, which was interesting. Um, talk to me more about what, what you thought, because I have thoughts about it, but it sounds like you enjoyed it more than me. So I just want to kind of get what you are feeling.
1: Well, it was just one of those like like fun ones, like like a what if that actually did happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So by the time we get to the end, like both parties like have to team up based on like on their own findings. Again, like the brutality just didn't stop. Like like the way Sync just like went, and then in front of mm. Quill, like and then does Quill also go? Like so. There's yeah. so many casualties in the story that they were just like, quote unquote, that they had fun with. Uh, (laughs) it was just like almost like not ridiculous but at the same time it was just like all hell was coming like by the end of House of M so I could see this kind of playing out because again like I read House of M so many times to where like the reason why I was already like invested in the story is because off the bat when when House of M just starts or when it actually turns uh, that's when Logan remembers or at least like when he crosses over he's just like holy shit I know who I am now and then he's actually in like these shield outfits like he was, a I yeah. uh, I think he was the the director of Shield, which is pretty cool because, yeah, that was a line that he, his because he's, he's Fury. Yeah, he always <laughs> wanted to be Fury on the inside. That was really funny. <laughs> um, so, but then, be, but then he realizes, like, oh shit, um, none of this is real. I need to go figure this shit out. And then all of Shield literally turns on Logan, and they actually reference it like very, very just like as a one liner here, um, based on like their mission. So that's pretty cool. Because um, like, again, like this story, like they either they had two roads to tell this story it was either to tell this whole what if scenario and have it run that way or because it's almost like because they couldn't tell both stories at the same time because the whole the whole story for for house of m was literally rounding up the gang and showing everybody the real truth and shutting all this this whole thing down none of that really bled over here so the let it was almost like let that let that story just keep running and cuz yeah. cuz it just cuts like we'll 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 just, I'm sorry for jumping to, to the end cuz it just cuts out of nowhere and i think it's like it's it kind of it goes over to it goes back um so it's almost like i i did like they kind of just like stuck with it cuz it would have been hard to tell both of them at the same time
0: yeah and when i say uh or i said earlier that they didn't really dig much into shield uh obviously, yeah, Wolverine being the leader of Shield was addressed, but they didn't go into like the deep workings of SHIELD or anything like that. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like, oh, he's the leader of Shield, and then it was kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. Like I think SHIELD keeps hunting them throughout the series. I haven't read it in like, a year or two, so I can't remember, but yeah, um, this is kind of like the depth of it. So um for my opinion, okay, it wasn't bad or anything. It's just I'm not the biggest fan of Grimdark. Uh huh. And the ending is grim, dark as hell. Yes. Um. Because spoiler, alert, everybody is Rogue One. <laughs> everybody dies. Basically. Like, <laughs> like so, it's just kind of like Jesus Christ, you know? Like, um, the New Mutants and the Hellions sacrifice well, everybody but magic, actually, which is ironic. Um. And so uh, they all they all die, fending off Emperor Sunfire's goons who are trying to stop them from doing the thing. So. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, it was fine. And it's cool seeing those characters in other places. I yeah. personally liked Lori being, you know, kind of evil. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that's cool. That's the kind of power that would corrupt somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, like yeah, that makes make sense. Corrupt somebody? Absolutely. Yeah, so and then add to the fact that you get the impression that her mother wasn't in her life. And yes. so maybe her mother yeah. was the reason that she you know, turned out to be a good person, which says a lot mm-hmm. about her mom. I really like her mom as a character. So, um, and so she was more corrupt, easily corrupted by her father. And yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. And then there's the whole, like, you know, racism of it all with, you know, sapien and stuff like, Oh, you're just a sapien, <laughs> and, which is a really lame, like <laughs> dig at somebody sapien. <laughs> like, so, but yeah, um, yeah for the most part i like that i like that some characters got a a highlight obviously i love that uh wasn't involved because i love gen x and Mm -hmm. so that was cool um and he doesn't get enough love and he's still currently stuck in hyper hyper time chamber with x23 so (laughs) and darwin oh yeah He's still oh there. God. Holy <laughs> shit, we've not come back to that. No, we haven't, and it's been oh, a long time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been thinking about it. Like every issue, I'm like, maybe this is the time we go back to it. Nope. <laughs> like, I completely so... forgot about that.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hope that has to do with the children of Adam, like the the shit coming uh coming over right in
0: January. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Are they going to be like great grandparents and shit? Like what's going to happen in there? Are they going to hook up? That'll be weird. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah. um, But overall, I mean, especially if you enjoy, um, if you enjoyed house of M, it's definitely worth a pickup to kind of explore the world a bit more. Yes. But for the purposes of the read we've been having, it is kind of extraneous. Um, It is a side story. It's, it's an alternate reality. Yeah. and doesn't really add much to what we are currently reading beyond, you know, seeing the characters in a different like situation, I think. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Did you have anything else you want to add about it?
1: Uh, No, I I just like, I actually did enjoy as far as tie-ins go. And it was just like, again, a little corner of the Marvel universe that I hadn't, I hadn't read, but really did want to. So thank you for the, for the expansion.
0: Yeah, Definitely. And maybe one time we're gonna do like uh we can do all the side stories for a crossover, maybe like Civil War or House of M or something. Oh, that'd be so great. That'd be really cool. And to answer a question you asked me before that I I, I answered incorrectly, mm-hmm. um, we you asked me if this crosses over with Deadly Genesis, it does not. Okay. It crosses over with Messiah Complex, and that's where I got mm-hmm. confused. Interesting. Which is okay. which is the Hope one? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. uh, So it does cross over with that and then also with Necrotia, I think. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. um, So next up is going to be. uh, uh, Spoiler alert. I I read ahead. Um, Mm -hmm. I read ahead of you guys a week at least, uh, just to state what's going on, figure out and everything. So uh, the next issue is. Our next one we're going to read is uh, when we come back from House of M. And for those who don't know, when House of M ends, all hell breaks loose Yeah. because uh, Scarlet Witch erases 99.9% of mutants on the planet, Bitch. Uh, loses, re- removes their powers. And um, this next issue, first of all, is one of my favorite issues of comics ever created. Oh, really? And I'm very excited for you guys to read it. And I oh, reread man. it, and, and I got the chills again. And it's just, it's is the it morning... Like- The morning after? It's the morning of. Oh, fuck. Okay. And it's just people walking around shell-shocked.
1: Freaking out. Like, one of the ones that hits me, like, from, like, the the main book is just when Iceman just comes down. I was like, why is it so fucking hot? And it's just, like, Mm -hmm. him, not in Ice Mode. It's like, oh, god.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which his his was actually a fake-out. He just thought he lost his powers, by the way. He got him back, like, a week later. So, (laughs) but... The the key to this is is so many people lost their powers mm-hmm. of the characters that we love. And so many didn't. And the ones you kinda wish they would lose their powers yeah. didn't. Aww. And the ones that you're kinda like, why'd they have to lose their powers? No. <laughs> like I'll I'll give you a hint. Mercury's still Mercury. Okay. You know what I mean like Yeah, so, uh, the, I mean her life would have been a lot easier if she lost her powers. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: I mean I'm sure, I know she misses her family but it's like you're still one of the coolest mutants ever, Cicely.
0: Yeah. And then significant numbers of major characters have, that we actually care about lost their powers is what i saying. I mean say.
1: like they literally they literally to like they they had to pick and choose down to 200 of Marvel's mm-hmm. favorite mutants they, they wanted to tell from the next 15-20 yeah. years. Until they got, they until they conquered death.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and, but and the book does change significantly mm-hmm. in that, and this is a spoiler. Danny Moonstar also lost her powers. Oh yeah, and Emma says, "You're not a mutant. You can't be oh, here.
1: You bitch." I mean that that's happened but, so many times, and like I, I, I beat actually, it up she, when...
0: but she explains it it, it uh-huh. really well. She comes off really harsh, yeah. but she explains it like. You know, there's only so many of us left and we're targets, you know, this is a mercy for her. She needs to go, you know, like there's only so many of us left and we're all gathered in one place. If she's here, she's just as much of a target as the rest of us. That's true. And I'm like, and so that also lends towards the kids later on. um, Because obviously there's so many kids they can't just kick them out the front door. You know what I mean? Like they got to organize a bit, Mm -hmm. find out where they're going to go and stuff like that. So.
1: Um, um is this the arc did they talk about a um, ghost boy or does that just happen off
0: screen uh it doesn't happen in this issue but it happens in this volume
1: okay cool, cool. Yeah. Like,
0: that, that's and what then, i've been waiting
1: for and it's like ah shit
0: <laughs> it also introduces x23 oh here cool it takes place immediately after the x23 series uh the one that uh with nyx did you ever read nyx no oh god you should read it so fucking good it's really yeah. really wonderful okay um uh, if you have time it's 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 a full uh, it's a graphic it's a standalone graphic novel and mm-hmm. it's not about her it's about a girl who can stop time okay and uh x23 ends up being the supporting character in the story yes. and then that's that's when she got so fam- popular people were like can we have her now <laughs> like so <laughs> yeah um so she has a little bit of lore going into this. Uh, Wolverine knows who she is already and stuff, but it's not enough that we need to do a bunch of research. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is when they introduce Laura uh, again. They're circling the wagons because they've lost a bunch of mutants, so they want to bring everybody in. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we get to. And yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited for you guys to read this issue. It's going to be emotional. I'm going to warn you. If you actually, if you've been actually find yourself caring about these characters. Oh, you have yeah. a few I mean, very emotional moments. So. Wait, I mean, like,
1: we keep we keep knocking on it, but it's all because, like, it's it's all in Marvel fun, especially because, like, the time of its, of its writing. But I've, yeah. I've come to care about every single one of these fucking kids. And just because, like, I get to, like, knock on them because I, I actually give a shit about them.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just watching these kids just be shell-shocked. Mm -hmm. and realize that their lives have changed some for the better some for the worse some haven't changed at all and it should have and it opens up i'll give you a spoiler one not one of the main characters but just an example is um specter the one we talk about with the shadow form that constantly changes uh advisors and has been on like every team (laughs) it's like the joke (laughs) the very first thing is it, the 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 book opens well not the book opens but this this event opens with kevin with wither and he walks outside and the first person he sees is is um, is specter dallas and he says i can't find my shadow it's not coming to me Aww. and you're just immediately like this is going to be the most emotional shit i've ever read and it just goes from there like people realizing and it's just oh it's so fucking good gave me chills but yeah mm. um and then it sets a new normal it's not a fun school story anymore like there's real stakes and then the worst part about it is if you read any of decimation um the worst thing about decimation is now that the mutants are fewer in numbers their enemies are more emboldened yeah yeah and so they start you know hey we can take 200 mutants you know what I mean? It was when there were millions of them, they, they couldn't take them, but it's like, we can take a few. So yeah, it's, um, it becomes very dangerous. And I'll just say this. We lose as many mutants or as many students to other things as we do from Decimation. So
1: sick,
0: yeah, yeah it's, it gets pretty, it's not grim, but it gets serious is what I'll say. So <laughs> I don't want to get too much into it, but I'm very excited. Um, we will try to have this read for next week, since Liz will be back next week. Uh, so we'll we'll only have one week between these, and I think it's I think it's very good. So yeah. All right, let's move on. And talk about our comics. All right. So our indie books, our solo indie books to start off with. Uh, first of all, Voyage to the Stars number three. Uh, this is the one that's based on the comedy web or comedy uh, podcast. Um, that I absolutely adore. It's really great. Um, This is the penultimate episode, it looks like, because they did put To Be Concluded. Um, And I'm really liking it. It's them trying to save the universe, but they're all terrible. Um, In story, they all have podcasts, by the way. And uh, so that led to my post about our podcast, or being a comic about podcasts. And it's great, because there's like the savior of the universe, and they're actually doing the same thing, they're both trying to save the world, basically. Or save save reality. But they accidentally kill the saver of the universe. Well, he comes back to life and he's like, What's wrong with these people? Why would they actually why would they kill me? Was it an accident? He's like, Well, let me look in their audio logs, and he listens to all of their podcasts. And if you've ever listened to the, the actual podcast in our world, it's um they all basically travel around and accidentally kill a whole bunch of species like wipe out whole planets and stuff just just by being clueless (laughs) and so he's like they're monsters so now he's like i must defeat them so it's like this genetically perfect warrior is about to attack our heroes so um i love it it's so great dude like it's just great um so uh enjoying that it is published by idw and uh the show itself was created um uh, by a wide variety of people it's uh, if it's uh you ever see uh, earwolf team uh, it's it's a team of podcasters that's who created it and uh oh, okay. stories by ryan koppel and james asmus the art is by connie deodone colors reggie graham and um yep really digging it so that's that first one out of the way next up uh dungeon and dragons spine of the world uh, so the adventure I recently bought uh, where it's like it takes place up in the Arctic for D D, this is the comic adaptation of it. So um, it's a really cool, we get an adventuring party uh, that kind of falls together in, in a really cool way. Um, and it consists of a barbarian woman who's dark skinned which is unusual for that area, which I really like. Um, I'm very curious to see what's up with that. Um, a um a warlock who is like the whiny sniveling dude who's great there is a dragonborn ranger who has way too much honor and there is a tiefling and i haven't really determined she might be a thief i'm not sure but she is hired by a um a halfling i believe and he is a druid. And so they kind of come together and it's all about surviving in the frost and maybe trying to feed the entire, um, like the area uh, during this horrible event. So um, it's really good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it is published by IDW and uh, it's uh, worth noting that art is by Martin Kokolo uh, colors by Katrina may lettering by Neil Yutake but written by Amy Garcia and AJ Mendez. AJ Mendez, if you don't know, is AJ Lee, former pro wrestler. And Amy Garcia and her are the ones who wrote the Glow comic that I read. Oh. And yeah, and so uh, they wrote this as well. So uh, I'm glad to hear that the Glow comic obviously was received well enough for them to get in the shot at something else, because uh, they're really good. And I knew as soon as I saw their names, there was going to be like a lot of really great female characters in it. And I was not wrong. So, um digging it really great. So. Uh last uh two books for myself, uh 7 Secrets, which is still the book if I could just make Hostway read it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> um it's this this awesome spy thriller with this really cool like possibly supernatural twist and basically uh, they're the ones keeping the seven secrets and each person has to keep a secret. And um, the main character just became a secret keeper like 30 seconds ago and they're attacked. And you find out that they're being attacked at every location around the planet all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And then the spies reveal that, that they actually set a trap for the attack at all seven locations, so they were able to counterattack immediately and huh. take them all out. But then, uh, after they win, the last line of dialogue is, "But really, without knowing, we pulled the trigger on our own defeat." And that's where it goes. And I'm like, oh. "So, I'm excited. I love it. The art is absolutely great. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, uh, okay. illustrated by Danielle. Didn't no- 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 De- I said this wrong? Every issue, Danielle D." Nicky Lolo, yeah, you will just check my Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, colored by Walter Bayamonte and uh, letter by Ed Dukeshire. So really enjoy it. And uh, there is a Ginny Frizzin variant cover, which is really cool as well, by the way. So, uh, And then my, my pick of the week as far as solo books go, um, published by Titan Comics. And I wasn't aware of this book until I saw it on the shelf. So I was pleasantly surprised is Cutting Edge. Ooh, okay.
1: The cover did look awesome. I
0: almost did want to get it. The first thing I need to say is that it's this is the glossiest comic I've ever seen in my life. Ooh. Every issue or every page feels like a cover. That's how oh, glossy shit. it is. Like, it's Damn. really, really good. So, And um, basically, it's about a group of people that are brought together uh, to... Um, how do I put this? Okay, so they're the best in the world at what they do. Every single one of them has a skill and no one's better than them in the world. And they're brought together by this organization who's basically like, we have a competition we're going to put you through. As long as you're fine doing it, uh, we have these tests we want to put everybody through and you're all going to work in teams. And in the end, you win 35% of the company and the company is like stupid wealthy so they get a ton of money. And they say basically, most importantly, you find out why we're doing all this, and that's kind of the thing is because most of these people are like scientists and things like that. They want to know. They're curious. So they basically everybody there signs up for it. And uh, the team we get we're following is a team of five, and it's Mark Underwood, who's a social psychologist, so understands the interactions of people basically better than anybody. Uh, Stella Orsini del G- del Giglio who is a wealthy heiress. And she's actually very intelligent, too, and people don't really give her credit for it. So she also has a scandalous video, which is the first thing everybody remembers about her. Um, so uh, we got Hiroshi Itao, who is a, uh, a scientist, and he's very much like in his own head all the time. Uh, we get Delroy, who de- we don't know much about, but Delroy seems to be his primary ability because he talks to people really well. But unlike the others, he's not known to be successful. No one knows who he is. And then you get Jericho, Jericho Walker, who is a Pulitzer prize winning photographer. And basically they're given a mission, uh, to find this jazz musician and help him. That's all they're told basically. So first thing I should say is aside from the fact it's not on an Island or anything like that, I'm getting very lost vibes because there's a lot of like what's really happening kind of feels to it. Mm -hmm. And um, so they meet this jazz musician and he basically disappeared from his life. He, He lives on a beach now and he's writing a song and basically doesn't want to come back. He's writing a serenade basically. And they're like, so you're writing a serenade and he goes, it's not just a serenade. It's the serenade. He's like, the perfect love song, the one to make you sob, the one to make you cry, laugh, dance, no matter the lover, to make you remember who you were, who you lost. I'm, I'm seeking the perfect love song. And it takes the time that it takes. It takes an entire life. And you're like, oh, that's weird. You know, like, that's kind of cool and stuff. Um, and then, as time goes by, I don't want to spoil it, because there's some really great twists in it, but um, they're basically told to leave him alone and but they they end up confronting him again and um he's like i just want to write my serenade i just want to write my serenade and then mark asks him and when it's finished he goes the one i love will return who is that carlos he says how do i explain she's the most beautiful creature in the world made of dreams of foam of impossible notes she's neither woman nor goddess she's music and then, and then the last line is she's a siren And then that's the first sign we get that there's something off about this. Like there's like something possible supernatural. And this is the shot of the siren. I'm going to send to you right now. I think you'll love the character design. Let me
1: see.
0: Yeah, it just went through. So. (sighs) You see the chicken feet and stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, That looks really cool.
0: It's dope. It's really, really dope. So, um, so basically now we got this, this thing that there might be something, you know, supernatural about it. So, um, very good book. It's also a double issue. It's very thick. It took me a while to read actually. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. So if, if it's something you think sounds like, you know, up your alley, give it a shot. Uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, one of the best, uh, especially from a non Marvel DC vault series. Uh, one of the best new series I've read in a while. So that's really cool. Um, that's everything I got solo. Uh, do you have any other solos? Uh,
1: yes, I got two of my own before we share this, this other, this other new one I picked up yeah. and I got two new number ones that I am just so over the moon about <laughs> these two mm-hmm. right, very different comics. Uh, I don't know where to start with which, which one to start with. So I'll start with yeah let's just start with scaring hood by IDW I scaring almost picked hood. this up you' re- I think you're gonna really like this one. it's <laughs> it's a lot of Irish humor mixed with some supernatural elements and uh, so uh, off the bat it's it, it opens up with like out of school and you just hear this person talking guys, do you ever just think the kids are at school or the morning myself there's no one to stop me. And you see the adults talking. Fuck uh, it. I'm getting drunk. <laughs> and the another parent goes, Get yourself get yourself a hobby, love. <laughs> and here, <laughs> here's where it goes. Is rooting around the back of the internet sofa for conspiracies with one hand down in front of your pants really a hobby fly-no? No one else is gonna tell you about NATO training former IRA members fighting ISIS in a secret prison underneath the Phoenix uh, park. Are they syned? <laughs> Question. Is this from the same website that told you Bono re- uh, invented the reach around? <laughs> 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 oh, God. And it just goes up from there. So this is kind of like, so you know how we love to read, like, our supernatural kid stories. Like, like kind of like figure alienated, guys, alienated, alienated, all of yeah. those. So yeah. this is almost, like, cut kind of from the same vein, but instead of focusing on, like, the kids, we actually get to focus on the parents, like, uh, of these kids instead. And to yeah. where they're, they're just more not cynical, not just adults, parents. Yeah, they're they're more cynical about the world, more like just abrasive about like really wanting to believe the supernatural shit, and almost to where like the dialogue is like makes a little more sense. Like you know, sometimes like certain books where like man, do do kid do all of these kids really talk like this? Like just like letting loose like this? And sometimes sometimes it can just be too much. But right here with with the adults just being like, well, screw all the fantasy stuff, and then just being put in the thick of it. Um it, it just it it adds more to the element just like to the other side of like those stories, which I which I really I really liked about this one. Um and I guess like the main story is like once it starts moving, it's um our main like the main dad, he's a he's a single dad and he's kind of struggling, just like working from home and kind of being being on time, like dealing with uh his daughters, like all of her school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so he's really like, the most cynical one, like and all the on all, all the parents are just like talking about themselves. Um the next day that he kind of gets like together with one with some of the parents and the dude who was a conspiracy theorist he shows them like hey so let me just uh, show you guys something and he takes them to this auditorium and he kind of lets them in a little bit that um there's this legend that this place was haunted that there's these three statues that they always they they, 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 people always know that they just sometimes move and they're not really buying in and then he just lets them in it's like yo this is real I believe this is real because it happened. Like there's a kid, there's like the legend of the kid about 40 years ago that went under the auditorium and never came back out. That was my brother. So, and like, that's kind of like, they're kind of like digging on him. And so he was kind of like, well, fuck you guys for not believing me. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I choose to believe. Um, so it was almost like I got a dare that they, the, the our cynical dad, he got dared to go underneath to just go all the way down, all the way down, touch the wall and then come back. And he does so. And as he's going and he gets like deeper into it, well, well, first and foremost, once they get into the auditorium, they realize that there are only two out of the three statues that were mentioned. So they're just like, ah, weird. They probably took one down just so they can like fix her up or something. So he goes into the auditorium and he's, once he gets like really deep in there, um, his, he finds the third statue. It's like, she's all wrapped up in vines. It's like, pronounced like a statue of the Virgin Mary. She's all wrapped wrapped up in vines. And he, he, once he reaches for it, and he kind of goes for like the, her head, the head breaks off. And in that moment, her, his cell phone dies. That was his only light source. And then he starts freaking out. I was like, okay, guys, not funny. And he starts heading back. And then sure enough, they they're almost like start teasing him where it seems like they shut the door on him. So he almost, he's just like crawling in the dark. And when he finally makes it out, it's fucking nighttime. And he was supposed to be there. And pretty much like this day, like all the kids went out for a Ooh. field trip. So he was late. So, then he, and at this point, his phone turns back on like as if it did have some charge and it wasn't dead. Like, as it, like it just was. Um, and he just has like so many missed calls and messages because versus uh, his fucking daughter. So creepy shit starts happening and God. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's great dark humor with, and then we, and then we slowly start creeping in with like all these supernatural elements. Uh, this was a great surprise for just like how, how actually funny it is. It is trying to be because you're laughing and then you're just like, huh? Cause then you just, you just get hit with this like <laughs> line right afterwards where like, Oh, that was just like really dark. <laughs> so yeah. Scare hood by IDW. It's by Nick Roche and uh, Chris O'Halloran. Oh, I
0: like Chris O'Halloran too.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. Um So, and then my next one is God, this one was just <laughs> such a gem. It's called terminal punks and it's by mad Cape studios, Matthew comics. Um, and it's by Matthew Ehrman uh, writer artist is Shelby Chriswell, Micah Myers is the letter. This is all basically a web comic that came to be. Okay. Uh, the art style the art style is very web comicy. It's it's just in that adorable fashion where like and like, the eyes are just like the peoples are just basically just dots instead of like making a full on like eye you know. Uh, hmm. So with that just being kind of just like grounded in that level, the writing just tends to be almost off the wall and just bonkers and just like it just wants to be fun <laughs> um <laughs> terminal punks it's about this rock band i fucking love that this week i picked up two two <laughs> two uh, books two books that have a bands in it and also have a playlist at the end of the of the of uh, the issues yeah. that was really really fucking cool i'm so, so glad you picked that up i can't wait to talk about it next um, <laughs> so, me too, me too dude. there's <laughs> so much in there <laughs> um so anyway Internal punks. We do have this punk band. They're on their way to New York because they have a shot to to go play in for, for for this uh, label. Um, only for them, once they reach their terminal in New York, it, it does a really cool thing where it does like a cut back and forth. They're they're on the airplane, kind of talking shit that the plane will go down, and it's kind of cutting to a plane that's actually crashing down. And then we find out that's a different it's a different plane. Because um, yeah, once we get to the airport. All hell breaks loose. There's, I guess, there was uh, the other plane had these CDC experiments on animals. Basically, this 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 fucking oil company head dude that's basically like uh, Dim Dimadome, who's just like he has he he has a bunch of exotic animals who he would run experiments on, and they went loose, and they're literally just killing everything in this airport, (laughs) and it's up to these punks. To just maybe do something about it. And I don't know, it's just like the the inclusion of uh of this group is just so badass. Uh, we have Sway who's like the leader of the band. Uh he's just like your average punk dude who just almost just loves the music and just loves the scene so much. Right. Then we have Burton B. Burton. They're such a sweetheart, even though they've had a rough a rough go, I think. They're a killer musician and a backbone of the whole thing. And just God, it's like the fact that we just already just like including a non-binary character just off the bat, POC into the band, and have them be the the actual talents of it all, fucking awesome. And then when we have, we'll, we'll, which would be our lesbian guitarist, who is just like the most mouthiest character of all. She just like just gives no fucks and just wants to get shit done. She's super awesome. And Plays then, guitar. No, she, yeah, she's a guitarist. And then oh my god they defeated
0: the the cliche of female bassist <laughs> oh i know right
1: no if anything Sway <laughs> the 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 i guess like who would be the leader of the band um i guess he would be like the only straight one he's they make him the bassist so cool right. cool to make him like just putting him in that part and then <laughs> we have um the newest member the drummer and who's key her name is key um yeah at least this point this issue is through her point of view And I'm wondering if it'll continue that way. It'd be really cool if we kind of get to like kind of bounce around with the other ones. But if it's just about her, it is really... uh, I I do like it that way anyway, um, as like, yeah, the new person coming into the band. But anyway, it's a story about them being stuck in a terminal with just these weird uh, experimental animals that are just running wild and just literally killing everything. There's bodies everywhere just being ripped in half. For a webcomic, it's just dark, but at the same time, and there's this like lighthearted wholesomeness to it at the same time. It's really good. Um, to which then we get to our playlist. Like it, is, it ends up, it ends up uh, with our cliffhanger to be continued. And then they give us uh, keys freaking out and anxious playlist. Her almost like her home, her keys own internal playlist as she's running with fear in this terminal. And I made this playlist for myself and I'll, I'll share it later. Cause I made it public. It is such a great mix of punk. Like, Okay. It has fucking the replace it, it, it. just it hits so many different cues and notes and feelings towards punk with uh, Titus andronicus, The Replacements, Into Death, uh, Where Eagles Dare by the Misfits, were like a classy one, and then we get Fugazi, which you could have any mm-hmm. of your picks, but if any, but they give us I'm so tired, I'm so tired is Fugazi's probably softest, most like. I don't know. It, it ends up being like a lot of people's favorite songs because it's not Fugazi at all, but it's just so much Fugazi in it. And the fact that there's like the there's a song that they chose for this playlist just spoke volumes to me on how much I was already gonna love this book. Anyway, but then we have Sleater Kenny to just keep keep it modern, and then Orange uh, Agent Orange, F- Frank Iero, uh <laughs> Come on, like one of the be- the besides Gerard Way, the other best part of MCR, like like they put his solo band yeah. instead of MCR, which is great into the dead boys buscocks and violet fems it is a great playlist to just set the tone for the first issue and i'm already so in love with that i can't wait to fucking see this one through it's supposed to be a mini which sucks because I, I, I want my comics to go on forever but this is all awesome. this is a great suit this is a great one to look out for it's called terminal punks check it out by mad cave
0: nice cool yeah. sounds good to check out i definitely want to check out the the scaring hood Oh, dude! Please, at least the first yeah. issue. It's so funny. I, I was tempted. I looked at it and I was like, "Hmm," and then I was like, "No," because I was already picking up more than I expected. Because I expected a really light week, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. then I was like, "Oh, I picked up more than I thought I would." And then I was kind of like, mm, I didn't make make the cut." So I was like, "Ah, yeah, next but time again." Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, uh, and then our mutual. We only have a couple of mutual indies. Um, let's start with we only find them when we're when they're dead. Um. Uh this is the one, of course, with the uh, people that carve up the space gods. Um, and I once again have to compliment the art in this book. It's just incredible. Dude, Demio um,
1: is amazing.
0: It's just so good. I, I I really want Demio to get a hold of something like Nova, you know. Oh,
1: my God, yes.
0: Yeah, like, or even like an Annihilation crossover or something. Like, that would be just gorgeous, so. Yeah. Um, written by Al Ewing, uh, colors by Maria, Maria Sara Miota mioT and letter by aner design um, so we got our rebel group and they're uh, running away from the authorities trying to find a living God for once um, and they have a confrontation with the person that has the um, uh, obviously the problem with their captain mm-hmm. and wants to stop him and uh, yeah it's it's just kind of interesting. Uh, how they how they go about it. And one thing I really like is the the method they use to stop her, which I love because it's straight out of the expanse. Where oh, really? they just they have like a, a load of meat in their car or in their in their ship and they just literally drop the meat out the back. Because it's like, yeah, you're gonna run into that. You know what I mean? Like so um I really liked that. I thought that was funny. And um It's just really clever too. It's just using what you got, you know? So, um, yeah, there, and they also find another dead God further out than they've ever been. And there's, there's, yeah, that's what I was going to say is they basically say it's, it's almost like they're bigger. So maybe they, he says, and I, I believe something like they lose something. Yeah. And I'm like, that's interesting. So, uh, again, we're getting more and more, um, slowly (laughs) yeah we're getting more depth to -hmm. the storyline um it's i saw a review online that was like critical of the lack of story yeah and i'm like i don't it's it's you just that's not you don't need everything right away man (laughs) like for real you don't it's it's what three issues (laughs) like come on (laughs) have a little bit of patience you know what i mean like so uh I'm enjoying it. The art is incredible. I love the characters. I love their interactions. It's just a great book. Um, imagine, and, imagine
1: somebody complaining three episodes into the wire because it's not good enough of a show, and not yeah. waiting for the payout. You know, yeah, like, that's yeah. What I expect from this?
0: Or like, imagine a review of Lost. I hate to bring up Lost too in one episode, <laughs> but but imagine a review of Lost where it's like. They've been there for four episodes, and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, it's like, well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> like, exactly. So, so yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it, though. I think this is going to be another one of those things where we're going to get a lot better review once we got the first volume. Yes. Uh, and we'll do an in-depth review at that point. Uh, but I'm enjoying what they've given us. As well. oh, totally, because so,
1: exactly. like again, there's only so much that we can share that it kind of makes sense for us to even like to even try to elaborate on. Because really, we can't go past with we can't go past further with what we're given. It's just w- with what we have. So it's kind of like it sucks where where it's kind of said where like is a story holding the artwork back? Kind of. But at the same time, that's kind of the reason why we're angered to the story because. The art is just amazing. I have to know what comes what comes next, and it's just like Al Ewing just slowly giving us a couple of pieces to the puzzle, to the giant puzzle that we're going to get at the end.
0: <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and again, any review we give right now would be so much speculation. Yes, that I don't want to spend too much time doing that because I don't feel like that's going to do us any good in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I, I I I don't like to get my hopes up. I don't like to get head cannon, you know what I mean? Because when you get head cannon, that's when you when it doesn't happen the way you expect, you get disappointed. And even if the story' is really good, you don't you know you're not happy with it because it's not what you expected and i i hate doing that so i always do my yeah. very best not to get headcanon. And it's just it's so hard
1: to, to even to expand on anything because yeah because like, like, we've been around like we were going everywhere in space we've met three of these giant gods but we haven't really gone anywhere past this group of people so it's really it is really hard to speculate
0: yeah um yeah i'm 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 liking it though that's what <laughs> i'll say Uh, And again, I think once we get the first volume, we're going to have more of a complete idea. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, Last indie book is the one where I got the first issue of, and you just um, picked up both first and second issues, so we can review it. Uh, A book that is a surprise to me. Yes. And um, something I didn't really hear all that much about until you actually linked about it on Twitter, and I'm like, I'll pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) And then Man, did it just changed my change my uh, comic reading weeks. Um it's called Getting Together. Yeah. Uh, Getting Together is um a slice of life story. I remember last time I reviewed it you're like kind of like Girls and I'm like I don't think that's a fair comparison at all. <laughs> like like cuz I'm like it's so much it's so much more than Girls. <laughs> like yes. like so I absolutely hated that comparison in my head. I'm like no. <laughs> like it strikes me more British, too, even though I know it's set in, like, you know, California. San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, but it struck me as, like, a like a British, uh, like, young adult drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I really enjoy it. So, Get It Together, uh, real quick, uh, promo stuff, uh, published by Image, and uh, created and co-written by Cena Grace and Omar Spahi, artist is Ginny D. Fine, uh, Emic for the colors, Sean Conant for the lettering. Um, so it's ostensibly about a breakup between two people and how their friendship circles and extended family and everything, how it's affected. And it's such a great, you know, simple thing to do. You know, that's something that happens. Everybody can relate to that relationship you were in that was really serious that ended. And now everything is weird with everybody. Like pretty much everybody can relate to that in some way. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've already reviewed the first issues. So I want to let you start. What do you think of everything, both of them combined? Of course. I mean, like it's so
1: good. So I take back what I said about comparing it to girls. If anything, reading it both now, I have a different comparison. Yeah, and, and it's only because of like the huge amount of gayness in the book. That's really so what gay. makes it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, with the brother, especially with the brother, it's really the brother where where I kind of drew this this uh, kind of conclusion. It's take away the powers, take away the the fighting, or there's some physical violence, but take take away 99 percent of the physical violence and the powers, yeah. and it's essentially like uh, a Scott Pilgrim story with like this, just the drama. I could and, see that actually. Right, it's just it's so good, and it's like, and yes, it helps because we're, we're kind of focused like with a band. So by in the first issue, um, by the time it gets to the. The that weird moment with like the hookup with like the the the, the flaky dude, yeah, the um, weird and we're, dude. I was trying to get <laughs> like I was trying to get the red flags by the by then I was kind of like oh, okay like cool like I, I'm I'm invested, and it wasn't until like the next scene where I was just like I'm fucking love this book and it's just like when we cut to Lauren going back to the uh, Nip Slip's uh, practice space, and then he's like, so are we gonna talk about the steward or, or not? And she's like, dude, you know what? I'm I'm still sorting out myself. I don't want to talk about it. And she kind of keep pushing it, uh, pushes it. And like I mean it, Annie. I don't want to talk about this. All right. And what do you want to talk about? And you turn the page. It's one of my favorite pages of all time. And Laura, then uh, Lauren just straight up just look me in the eye and fucking keep up. And just like yep. them rocking out together was just so good. And from then on, I was like, I am one hundred percent into this book. Like this is really fucking good.
0: Yeah, and I like the art. It's it's a really sketchy art. Mm-hmm. And by sketchy, I mean sketches, you know. And I really dig it. And I love the characters. And there's a lot of like personality in the art for the characters. Yes, um I love the way Lauren's drawn. Oh, I know. Like, I just love her so much. Like I, I, I absolutely adore that character. Like I think for uh, sure so.
1: she's like my favorite character right now. Yeah, Only because I really feel for her. Like if anything, yeah, you said you said it best. Like uh, you love all the characters. Except for Sam. Like, right now, I think Sam can just (laughs) go to fucking hell every issue. He just ruins everything. (laughs) He literally ruins everything. Like, in the second issue, like, everything, she, oh, God, I hate him so fucking much. I get that you're in your feels, but you getting hit (laughs) was deserving. If anything, later on, you should have gotten hit again. But she didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I wish you would have punched him, like, the second time. Because, like, I don't think Lauren is in the wrong. At least, like, n- at least I don't think she's, I don't think she's completely at fault here. Again, yeah. like going back to the first issue it was like, her, like what she said, like he was a fucking creep that wanted this whole eyed white eyes wide shut thing happening, and and he kind of like doesn't really back down from that either. He kind of almost like doubles down with it. Not that he's like, yeah, yeah, kind of what I wanted, but at the same time, it's not really like, it's not really that like he's learning from it why that was like the wrong way to go about all that um so and then like and then how he just like pops off like those like the like at least the first time again like that punch was fucking deserving um especially after what he said like like there's no way she fucking should have taken that like then she did it and then he fucks up again like at the fucking bar like it was like are you like are you fucking kidding me like and then, and then he almost and then, like outside in the street he was on like textbook fucking gaslighting her that it was like her
0: fault that was the one moment i liked him where was he when he kissed the other girl and i'm like all right and then she got upset i'm like no no he has the right to kiss whoever he wants Mm -hmm. but then the way he reacted to it where he's like what i'm just he basically revealed he didn't even like the chick he was doing it for revenge i'm like god dude you just ruined everything (laughs) like Like, again yeah (laughs) like just the worst so
1: (laughs) but um, but but then we get to like some like sweet like i don't know it's like I do like the dynamic of like, like because actions have consequences. Like you pop off, you you alienate your friends, and that carries over. Like her going back to the, to the practice space, and her, her decision was kind of shitty about like, yeah, it's my band, I do whatever I want. That shit doesn't go over well with with bandmates, and and I and I love that that they didn't just like leave it at that. I love that when they kind of come back to even like Ashton was kind of like, yeah, that kind of wasn't cool. Like I'm like we're still part of this together too. We all (laughs) we all like cooperatively like collaborate. So it it does it does get heated when those kind of conversations tend to happen. So I just I love this book for just like yeah, it's a slice of life, but it's just it's so honest and it's just so like it's about your sloppy twenties and it's just, it's so fucking good. It's like, it is the hangout book. And it's just like other books, you go for escapism for just like to get away to, to, to want to fly with the heroes. But if you just want to hang out, you just want to hang out with some friends, get yourself, get it together, getting it together. It's really fucking good.
0: It's really good. And if you're a big fan of shows, like I'm not just picking it because it's gay, like the L word, Uh um, you know, that's probably the show I would probably compare it to the most, probably, mm-hmm. because that really does kind of deal with their the repercussions of their choices. Also, Looking, which only lasted two seasons, but was really great. It was kind of a male version of The L Word with mostly gay males. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, similar thing. They're living in a big city. They all have their own interests. They have this weird, you know, interconnected friendship circle that, you know, really runs into problems and stuff. So. Yeah, if that's the kind of thing you're really into, uh, definitely check it out. So,
1: Yeah. Did you read the, the the little mini at the end? It was so funny. Yeah,
0: it was great. <laughs> it was so, <laughs> oh, God. The, the... It was funny reading that and Money Shot. The Money oh. Shot mini. Because yeah. it's both like the <laughs> whole like same, like, we judge people, but then they judge us. The kind oh. of thing. I was like, it's both done. That's pretty funny. It's so, so funny.
1: It's like, it just, it, it, it imperfectly encapsulates, like, the gay single life, like the, everybody's just too fucking picky. <laughs> exactly. so. No. Oh, I, and also I'll, I definitely will be talking about in infinite playlist, but because it's still relating to the issue itself, please go check out. um it's, it's about, we're talking about this band in the book, but one of my favorite things about this is that they actually went above and beyond and try to, and made this band real. The the Lawrence oh, band of cool. the band that we're talking about is called Nip Slip. And if you go yeah. to Slip sucks with three X's dot bandcap dot com, you will get at least one song
0: from this band,
1: and it's actually really good. I actually yeah. really
0: like really like the song. Yep. And it's, it does say to hear Lauren's demos, so there's going to be more, yes. I believe. So I and also know. in the first issue, there they had the playlist too. Oh, I wish I also that's- made
1: I also made that real.
0: I uh, also will be sharing that. Yeah. So that's awesome yep i really enjoyed it i'm glad you picked it up I, I was as soon as i read it i'm like god i was to read this immediately so <laughs> yeah,
1: i found out it's gonna be like a four issue mini um so i was like yeah i might as well i i do wanna i i, do, oh, I, I didn't know that that's it. a shame
0: I know. <laughs> maybe they'll get like a good positive response so totally all right so that's everything for indie. i got do you have anything else for indies at all that's for my indies too cool marvel. marvel uh you said you did not pick up Taskmaster, right no okay uh, I love Taskmaster. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters, period. Um, so I had to pick this up. And the story of this is is Maria Hill has been assassinated. Ooh, okay. And everybody thinks Taskmaster did it. They found his shield there. Mm. And we got the Taskmaster at a celebrity golf tournament. <laughs> but it's, it's the Magia. So it's all these, like, dons for the mafia. And oh, they've fuck. all hired, like like superpowered bad guys to be their partners in this team tournament. And it's taskmaster who studied, you know, tiger woods and everybody the night before, of course, <laughs> and then versus bullseye who has perfect aim.
1: <laughs> so even so it's, it's, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, it's great. So they're basically like, <laughs> it's just, it's a very funny book uh-huh. at one point. Someone opens fire on them and they're all running away in different directions. He's like, um, He's like, well, they killed one of the people there. And he's like, well, they kept shooting after he died. So they're after that guy, Bullseye, or me. It's like, oh, please let it be Bullseye. And then he runs away and they keep shooting after him. He goes, damn it, why couldn't it have been Bullseye? (laughs) (laughs) And just like, he jumps in a golf cart and driving away. And he then, uh, they keep doing the Taskmaster thing I love, where when he copies like the skills of somebody, they like implant their face over his face for a moment. Ooh, okay. And so, when he's driving the golf cart, he takes over Robbie Reyes, like oh, his no skill driving. So he starts driving like Ghost Rider, which is really cool. Yeah. And then he he gets a phone call from somebody who's like, "I'm going to save you," and he's like, "I don't need to be saved." And so he drives by the archery range at the uh the golf course. Grabs a bow and arrow and he's like bitching, he's like wasp ass country club, didn't even pack broadhead arrows. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> great. And so he fires at the person that's trying to shoot him, who's all cladded all in black and on a motorcycle, and they do this cool move and get away. He's like, Who the fuck is this? Basically. And so he um he runs away and he's like, Fuck it, I'm going towards the car. And the person is calling him. And then it turns out it's Nick Fury.
1: Okay. And
0: Fury's like I'm here to save you. And he's like, what happened? He's like, Maria Hill's been murdered. He's like, bummer. Who did it? <laughs> he's like, you did. He's like, I did what? He's like, your shield was found on the scene. He's like, no, I know you didn't do it. He's like, no way. Maria Hill's murder would be dumb enough to get into a car with me. <laughs> like, so, um, and then he's like, you know, I'm going to try to protect you and all this stuff. And he's like, just get me out of here. I'll, I'll wait somewhere till it blows over. And then Fury goes, blows over. Blows over and he goes, "Who do you think that is chasing you back there?" And it cuts back and it's Black Widow. Oh, he's like, "Do you really think there's anywhere on Earth that you can run that Black Widow won't come for you?" Uh, and yeah. then, and then it's it's Taskmaster being like, "Huh, the Black Widow." And then Fury's like, "Possibly the greatest killer to walk the Earth at present. Better than the Winter Soldier. Better than Electro Better it goes with uh, better it goes without saying than you." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Oh no," he's like fury nick i'm gonna die you've got to help me <laughs> so it's basically yeah he also at one point uh i guess um taskmaster falls asleep in the car and he wakes up and he's like they're like in another state and he's like i wanted to put some distance between us besides nothing i like more than a road trip with sleep apnea skeletor <laughs> Jeez, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just really great. And then, basically, to to find what they need, they have to unlock this vault. But the vault is biometrics. And he's like, oh, yeah, we can get some thumbprints. And Fury's like, that's not how it works. He's like, the system is locked to uh, kinesthetic... signature so gate and body language of not one but three people to access it you need to get those three people in this room at the same time and putting within 30 seconds each other impossible to replicate he's like unless you're me and the Fury's is like exactly can you do it he goes i think so but video won't do it i'll have to observe them up close personally he's like i was afraid like it's like why who are the people and it's phil colson director of squadron supreme <laughs> A Koye, okay. director of the Agents of Wakanda. Oh, shit. And Amy Han, director of South Korea's NIS Tiger Division. The top spies from around the world. Those are very specific personalities. Yeah. And then Taskmaster says, Well, ain't we got fun? And then the next cover is Hyperion choking Taskmaster. <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited for this book, dude. It was really, really good. Um,
1: so, yeah, that sounds yeah,
0: awesome.
1: Sorry, that, 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 yeah. that all sounds awesome, to which. I re- This is kind of what, and even the because like they love to fucking write this shit so I can bleed over the screen. Um, this is the kind of stuff I do expect in the Black Widow movie. Like so far, they've only shown this like silent assassin of a Taskmaster. If mm-hmm. they can't get the craziness right, that's going to be a, kind of a problem. Yeah, he's the best. He is. He's my he's my favorite Marvel villain. Easily. Oh, he's yeah, he's definitely up there because just because of yeah, it's, it's such a great set of power.
0: Yeah, it's it's really original. I love it so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, published by Marvel, written by Jed McKay, artist is Alessandro Viti, colorist is Guru EFX, and Joe Caramagna does the lettering. So pick it up. It's totally worth a read, and it is a mini, so um, not too much of a commitment. So next up, uh, Strange Academy, number five. Oh, nice. Uh, I picked up the remote learning variant, which is funny because it's basically... If Strange Academy had to do it, you know, remote learning, then they're all on like webcams and stuff. (laughs) So it's like Eric and Eric and Alvi like in Asgard with a webcam, and Doyle Dormammu with like demons in the background. (laughs) It's really funny. So I didn't see that one. Yeah. So uh, it's written by Scotty Young, drawn by Umberto Ramos, Mm -hmm. and continuing the story of. Um, finally, we actually have a you know a villain and it's a group called hollow and um they manage to get a hold of calvin and the rest of the group decides to go off and save him just like plucky kids and comics always do
1: yeah
0: and so they go off to save him and of course they get captured because they're kids and um we get some really cool background for yes. uh, for german
1: which german, i knew you, yeah.
0: yeah which yeah. i thought you would really enjoy
1: Dude, that, was, oh. that shit was the best. Like, just, like, to, yeah, get into uh, Kerman. I fucking love that he's, like, almost, like, BFs with Toth, like, in the water. Like, they're just, like, fucking around. Yeah. Uh, but, no, like, like this is, like, really, like, why you should stick with the book or why readers should just, like, get onto this book because it's a very diverse set of cast. Like, you just said, like, we have a uh, kid Dormammu. We have his guardian kids. We have, like, the, the new kid on the block who's... Got we'll get to her in a second. <laughs> and But we also get, like... Just, magic from all the way around or with zoe being like the native uh nola like uh sorcerer or voodoo sorcerers but it's not it's not that it doesn't end there like there's there's magic all over the fucking world so we introduce german who's from Guanajuato, mexico and into just fuck yeah let's have a fucking narwhal in the mu like let's have the the personality the embodiment of a of a spirit of a half human half animal in the school in the mu and make him fucking mexican like honor that shit again representation fucking matters this was the best part of the book for me this was like it was so fucking cool i want to to be like just like to start climbing up the ranks because i was was not looking at him at all and now i am yeah
0: definitely it's cool because they keep doing that like one person initially gets a little highlight yes which is really cool and it's done in a really organic way. It's not done in a really kind of forced way. So. Right. So basically all the kids get captured, and we find out that one of the kids is the one. And uh, it's implied uh, that it's going to be one of uh, either Doyle, Emily, or Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and th- that's kind of interesting. Uh, my money's on her, obviously, because she's the... Right point of view character so and then they start a big fight and it's great um i love doyle i love how he defends emily and he's clearly in love with her and i love how she's like don't uh, like she knows it she's like don't don't think i don't know know that you like and then it cuts away like someone interrupts them i'm like ah
1: well i just i love i love when he blushes i love the color he turns
0: yeah it's great (laughs) (laughs) and i just I, i it's just a great book i love gus just being in the background all the time is fucking hilarious like just a frost giant chilling yeah and he um he's running for for help so love this book pick it up it's just great it's five books in five issues in and uh, it's coming out at a pretty quick pace too which i'm appreciating so yeah,
1: um, yeah. did you read the um uh, wanda's uh emails in the back
0: yes so i know it's a joke but it made me really sad that she's not a mutant anymore. <laughs> I know. Uh, i'm like yes let her go to krakow and be friends I, I liked the pietro one where it's just all there's no all space <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, that's, the, a, that's uh, the thing about this book is there's always a fun info page at the end so well, yeah
1: it, it was fun it was emphasis on was because even like carol danvers like a force assemble wanda like we locked down a date for the girls now you better not dot, dot dot like not not show up and so yeah all fun right up until you get magneto at krakoa dot mute mutant quality time wanda i know i may not be your actual father but i'd still love to catch up with you on Pietro. dot 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 uh, <laughs> why
0: <laughs> i know it sucks dude like, it's kind of
1: Magneto like side of it all just like him being like a human
0: <laughs> like it's great all right and then we got three x of swords books to talk about
1: wait i have champions
0: oh champions yes please
1: um i'm going to full spoilers because it's it's a cool it's it's a it's a cool event that's really the only thing that bugs me about 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 the outlawed um storyline is the title I mean, it's a great title, but this this should have been this should have been the foundation storyline for for a Civil War II for an actual Civil War II. Civil War II mm-hmm. was kind of garbage by the end, by towards the end. Like all said and done, it it was forced, and because the movie was coming out, this was the real Civil War II. This is what should have been it, and they and they really kind of expand on it here. Not 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 necessarily like to pick a side or, or the whole thing but really elaborating on like what they should do. At this point, we have four or five of like the champions that actually got taken away. We have uh, Locus, Fernando Rodriguez, uh, Snowguard, Bombshell, mm-hmm. uh, and Starling, who are in these like, <sighs> re-education classrooms. And that when that was said, it did not go well with the POC girls that were in the room, to which they get taken away for Further re-education, and yeah, it's, it's just going like into this like true split down, um, down the people. And then we we get an outside view of like this protest on like let the kids out, like like we want heroes. To which uh, the other side of uh, a, a counter protest of other kids were like, no, kids need to be regulated. Like these, like like certain lives are kind of lost and damaged because these vigilantes are out there doing are doing these choices are probably premature because kids are immature and it's like oh you know what like both sides have a point again another reason why i love that this should have been a good uh, civil war too because this at this point this is a great argument to be split down the middle instead of like the first of is like fuck yeah like pro cap fuck iron man like this is for sure like well both sides have a legit point anyway from the outside perspective of, of this of this protest we do have nova miles spidey and uh, miss marvel just just watching to see if anything is gonna like er- er- erupt from this and the whole time like they really just want to watch because they're in chicago which is um riri's Ironheart's turf and they're just watching just like trying to be like trying to keep it uh, see if they can keep the peace from a distance before they what they show up if they show their faces they're gonna get arrested anyway mm-hmm. The whole time Nova's just not having it. He really would just wants to calm the situation. And because he can't wait, he's so impatient, he actually goes down there. And so they have to follow suit. And just like so, so he doesn't get all hot-headed either. It immediately doesn't go well. So they had they have to leave. Um, like like, like the counter protesters, they start throwing like soda cans at them to pretty much like, get the fuck out of here. Like, if anything, you're setting the wrong example right fucking now. So then we cut to Riri. And she's watching the news about the protests happening. Click. She changes the channel. She's just like really not into it. And at first, I'm kind of thinking like, damn, are they kind of are they enforcing? When Riri first showed up, when Bendis first introduced Riri, there was this whole thing that she might be kind of a sociopath, based on kind of basically kind of how this uh, kind of uh, one of a part of her origins was written, and she kind of kind of like. Brushed over one thing, and I kind of thought they were gonna go with it, but no, it's mud. It, 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 I love that they actually go into it. The the, those, the, the three champions I mentioned show up at her place, being like, "Hey, well, we need you. Like, this is your this is your this is your fucking city. Like, well, what should we do?" And she's just like, "Nah, like, I don't, I don't want to." And they're <laughs> and at that point, they're like, "What the fuck? Why not?" And she literally goes off on Kamala, like. Like she's like you're accusing me, like and you're accusing me of something, Kamala. Like yeah, I know your name. Surprise, because like yeah, holy shit. Yeah, because the whole time, yeah, because they think somebody ratted them out, and they think it was her. And I was like, and she was like, oh fuck no, bitch. And you know what else I know? When I had to face Viv in person, a person I care about, and had to make a decision knowing something, knowing it could kill her, you weren't there. And it's like, oh shit! Like this is why Riri is just like, I can't, put, I can't stick my neck out for this. Like, and then Nova starts going to, starts getting into. It. It's like, you know what? I know why you're not doing this is because you don't want to be iron anymore. And then that fucking starts uh, starts a chord with her. <laughs> and oof, man. So, uh, yeah. So I kind of, I'll, I'll leave it out there because it, it really starts adding like, adding to like the friction of like, of like the core of the uh, the core of the champions. And then shit happens outside, and kind of where, uh, kind of where it, le- it leaves off. But it really does do justice to the cover. The cover is just like the champions kind of fighting like a bunch of federal goons. And then like the person who is kind of you, you see like a, a big figure on top and it's Riri who's looking away from the battle and you just see, like a tear going down.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, I'm really
1: excited to read this because like what is her like thoughts on all this? So it's really cool to get inside of her gotta mm-hmm. out of get inside her head on why this this whole shit is very personal to her and why it's just like it's so hard for her to to, raise up you know so again this really should have been Civil War 2 to just make it about the new kids and then and then yeah. see how the adults like react to this when, when the first time around it was about the adults and then telling the kids and then the first time yeah the first time was around was about the adults and then them re- reeling in the kids to help fight with them instead of like keeping them away from that from all of the bullshit that was bullshit so again yeah At-Lot is really good and it should have been Civil War 2 uh, I guess that's what I'm, I'm gonna call it from now on from now on <laughs> Civil War
0: 3. Civil War, War 2.5. 2. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. I
1: really liked it because it was a great insight into reruns.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, so, now. as we launch in Exoswords, I have a proposition for you. Okay. Let's just not do this issue by issue. Let's just do it as a whole. Yeah. It all bled together really well. Oh, so. totally. uh,
1: the um, tor- let's just say the tournament already started.
0: In the weirdest way possible, in a way that neither of us could have possibly predicted. Never.
1: (laughs) Never. We were expecting a tournament battle, 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 battle. (laughs) How could we think it would be anything, not anything else?
0: Yeah. So when we last left off, Wolverine stabbed Saturnine. Except he didn't. He thought about it. And Saturnine revealed that she's showing him what would happen if he had, which would be the end of the world, basically.
1: Which was really good, like to just literally rip that bandaid right off, because yeah. this was exactly what happened in uh, Age of Ultron. Where it was yeah. kind of a, it was kind of a Wolverine centered story, and all he did was um, fuck with time, and time fucked with him back in this very <laughs> sense. So it was cool that he got to like learn his lesson again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we also see that Cipher uh, eats some of Wolverine's sushi, and it turns out to be poisoned. Oof. And he basically dies uh, for all and purposes. Iska cuts a new airway for him in his throat, <laughs> which is good for her, I guess. And then um, the white sword, who I'm really, really enjoying, by the way. Oh my God, dude. Yes. Like at first I was like, "Oh, this damn Thanos ripoff. Like, no, 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 no,
1: no. The white sword is the celestial spire. <laughs> He's
0: great. He, he ends up healing Cypher and basically is like, I'm, you know, I'm done with this shit. You guys, this is fucked up. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I, so. I like that,
1: that he has honor. Like, mm-hmm. I also love that he literally had to, like, choke the life into him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <so. laughs> but the fact that he was just like, yo, poison is fucking cowardice. Like, I'm not about this shit. I wanted a, a true tournament. Like, what the fuck? That, that 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 was his whole reasoning. Or the fact when, because when, whenever he does this, he, li- you literally have to like, you, you literally have to be a servant. And the fact that he's like, yeah. you are whole Cipher, sort of Krakoa, and I release you from any obligation to me. He is too badass.
0: Yeah, so great, and I love it. We find out it's war that uh, poisons Cipher, mm-hmm. and it leads to. Uh, and one thing I've been really loving about this is this really dramatic thing going on, and there's still little moments of levity. And so, like it's apocalypse sitting across from Genesis. He's like, "I see you did well with the children." And she's like, "I did my best." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but Brian Braddock tries to get the whole tournament thrown out because they tried to cheat. And she's like, "Yeah, Wolverine tried to cheat." He's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> like, so, which it great. Could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if he hadn't done that, they could, probably could have done this. You know what I mean? So, and then they bring out the next. Course of the meal, and it's a roasted scarab. And Death is like, You're gonna serve me a fucking beetle, like a sacred beetle. And he just evaporates the guy that served it to him. And then he looks back, and his food is gone. Wolverine's eating it because Wolverine's such a fucking asshole. (laughs) Like, he's literally like, Oh, that upsets you. I'm gonna crunch this shit.
1: (laughs) Everybody is one up in each other in his dinner. It's amazing. It's it's such a great dinner.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then they eat unicorn. And I like that the white sword is like I don't eat, but I'm gonna eat unicorn. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I I've been there. I could feel that, you know. <laughs> like, so. I feel like
1: Wolverine is just like because even Wolverine is just like it's good, damn, damn good. I feel like Wolverine is just uh, fuck, what's the word? Just like showcasing or just like power playing everybody here because he's he literally is the shortest one in the room, so he has to make up for, he has to compensate for his shortness and just like devouring everything.
0: Yeah. And it's cool, they test Iska's powers. They're, like, trying to understand that she can't lose. And they actually had the exact same thought I did. Uh, Magic did. She's like, imagine what would happen if she fought Domino. Oh, God, that was so great. And she goes, your friend would lose. And I'm like, damn, that's
1: awesome. <laughs> like, so um, Even, it's just a cool- Sorry, right after that, Cable is like, I, after they get to know her, and he's just like, I'm not looking forward to fighting you. Huh. You may live to a ripe old age after all. It's like, I'm uh, telling you,
0: dude. Iska, Iska's going to be an X-Man. I feel it. I can feel it. So, um, and so basically that wraps up the dinner party. And we find out that the first fight is going to be Betsy versus Iska to the death.
1: Just straight up off the bat. Let's just go with the, unbeaten, the unbeatable. Fuck.
0: So man. also we in this issue, we get an um, information page. About the betting odds from Mad Jim Jasper's for each <sighs> person, and I—I I looked over these, and let me say, magic being given a fifty to one is disrespectful shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that is some dis—like cheating. The That's best X Man was Gorgon, right? Yes. Yeah, he was tied with Wolverine. Yeah. Oh no, Apocalypse! Apocalypse got to find one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll go straight into. Dog oh,
1: 5,000 to
0: 1? Yeah, I mean... Well, he, he fucking I mean, did it! He fucking did it, dude! <laughs> well, so far, so far. Some people <laughs> have competed more than once. That's true. So, that is true. So, our first fight is a legit sword fight, which, oddly enough, is not going to be a regular occurrence, apparently, in this series. <laughs> and it's between Betsy and Iska, and lasts two and a half pages before Iska shatters betsy yeah um i don't think she's dead
1: the way she went no i don't want to i don't want to believe it either again it was too easy
0: yeah and the fact that she shattered like the she didn't she just
1: shattered die the and they I, also
0: make the point that um saturnine gathered the pieces
1: yes and that too and also and also we just got the, the like the the citadel sword which was like a big fucking thing only to just fragilely break like this like no i refuse to believe it too
0: yeah um so we'll see and then we find out next is cypher and bay the blood moon bay <laughs> is an appropriate name we'll just say that oh uh, my god yes so he gets dragged away and he's like shit me already <laughs> like, like this is gonna suck and um cypher discovers he can't understand bay yeah bay is like the only person he can't ever understand and so he gets taken away by these beautiful ladies and they make him all pretty and put a robe on him and put a little garland on his head and he's like uh what's what's going on here and magic shows up and she's like sup bitch just basically (laughs) look and she's like uh yeah they're like making food and shit they set up a bar and you find out the second competition Is a wedding? wedding. They just, they just have to get married. That's the competition. Yep. And there's so much good shit in this. And this is Teeny Howard. This is 100% Teeny Howard, by the way. Uh huh. Um, Like Magic saying, "Okay, uh, good luck. You need the talk. I mean, I'm all self taught, (laughs) but I'll do my best." Like, I'm like, (laughs) amazing. She would be too, because she spent that entire time in fucking limbo. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um. And he's just like, he does his little uh, vows, which are adorable. He's like, I swear to uphold my vow, uh, what was it, for the duration of this challenge or whatever, and I'll always be grateful <laughs> that we got to do this instead of sword fight because I'm not ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> And then Herser, when the grim fog of bloodshed overtakes us, the beloved is the beacon that returns us to our better selves. Love is a fealty that cannot be broken. I will love you with the force of the wave that crashes the shore and fight for you like the current that swallows the sand. <laughs> you still can understand her. And Apocalypse looks, they're good vows, Douglas. You should accept them. <laughs> so good.
1: Like, honestly, those are powerful words. Like, oh, God, you just met this man and you just gave him one of the best set of vows of all time.
0: Yeah. And he's fascinated by her because he can't understand her. Mm-hmm. And so she takes off her veil and she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, oh wow, you're really pretty. <laughs> so um and then she kisses him. And then Shogo the Dragon attacks with Jubilee. And that's quickly stopped. And then uh Cypher's just like, "Hey, don't hurt the dragon," and she kisses him again. And uh, it's just cute. They they take control of it, and um, they just basically make out the entire rest of the issue. <laughs> like, so, and they, I, I genuinely hope this this continues. I really love this so much. Me oh, too. For knowing nothing about that character, I'm already in love with this idea. So. <laughs> Uh, and then we get our first
1: standing, Araco 2, Krakoa 1, because they technically they both got,
0: got a point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, as if it wasn't weird enough, <laughs> oh, Magic versus Pog Your Pog. And I know you were probably like, oh no, I like both these characters. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want one of them to die. <laughs> so, well, the good news is, they don't die. They, they have are. an arm wrestling competition. God. <sighs> Now never mind that your Pog is like seventy size the t- size of magic. He also <laughs> has four arms. And they just have an arm wrestling match which lasts a second. He wins and it's three <laughs> like, one.
1: I feel like he cheated. He went it, on it, one instead of go or whatever zero yeah. it was, which is stupid. And also yeah. I kind of I kinda of expected her to, to demon up to at least like bulk up a little bit. This was just kind of bullshit.
0: Yeah. At this point, it seems like Saturnine is stacking the deck against the Yeah. So then, uh, and this, this issue is the one for Wolverine. Wolverine is fighting Summoner.
1: God fucking damn it. I was so pissed at this one.
0: I have theories. We'll get to that in a sec. But basically, it's a fight uh, to the death. To the death. And Wolverine ends up winning. He stabs Summoner through the head with Muramasa.
1: He uh, he throws a fucking sword and it just ends up in his eye socket. Awesome. Goes down like a bitch.
0: And he's like, all right, which I won. Now get me the hell out of this carnival. And she says, I said it was a fight to the death. Summoner fought to the death. And he's like, you got to fucking be kidding me. <laughs> like, and again, point goes to Eriko, four to one.
1: God, i was so biz at that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then next up, it's just Wolverine and Storm sitting there. And they have, so they're they're on the same team, and regardless who wins, Krakoa gets a point. Yes, and Mad Jim Jasper's gives them a bunch of rare liquor, so they have a drinking contest. Yes, which isn't really fair for Storm in retrospect. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) they just get trashed, and um, Krakoa gets a point, four to two, Hmm. and they almost kiss, which was interesting, Uh, but
1: not before. (laughs) but not before yeah. they again highlight and yes emboldened I'm... and engrave the whole polyamorous relationship <laughs> between the summers and the jeans and the grays
0: and the Wolverines. because yeah. watch your mouth you dirty old flirt or i'll tell gene
1: now why would it be to gene when <laughs> hmm wasn't in the beginning of ten of stores we saw cable with cyclops with mommy dearest Jean. Now, why yeah, would Storm exactly. actually go out and rat out to Gene? Because they're so a fucking poly-poly relationship. That's why.
0: <laughs> great. And then we cut to War versus Solum. Uh, now, I'm going to say right now, I think Solum, after this crossover, I think Solum's going to become a recurring Wolverine villain. He feels like one. Like, that. like, totally like Cyber and Deathstrike. You know, like, he feels like one of those characters, you know? Absolutely. So, um, So... Uh, War and Solom have to fight each other because when Krakoa fights Krakoa, Eriko does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then Wolverine's nice and drunk and then all of a sudden Wolverine shows up in the middle of the fight and they're like, yep, it's a three-way fight. You have to fight two of them. Also, you're drunk and your healing factor is not working. (laughs) And then they're like, the first person to cut off a limb wins. And then they said, um, they told War, by the way, Wolverine just killed your son.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: like, so War hates Solemn because Solemn killed her husband.
1: But because Solemn struck a deal with Wolverine back in hell for the Muramasa Blade, the deal was hey, when I need you to fight for me, you're going to fucking fight for me, which is here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking little bitch. I really wanted that kiss to happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So his his healing factor is not working, and War is about to kill Wolverine when Solemn chops off her hand. And Wait, Wolverine does. Oh, Wolverine does. Yeah, my bad. So, but but the point goes to Solomon because Wolverine fought on his behalf. So his, yeah.
1: yeah, that was the yeah. part I call bullshit again. Like Wolverine, <laughs> he cannot just catch a break here.
0: Yeah. So he's competed three times. I guess technically he's lost three times because I think Storm got the other points.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I wanted to give it to Storm on, on the drinking contest too.
0: Yeah. So we've had. Th- what three actual sword fights so far <laughs> what a weird series dude i love it it's bizarre i still think it's gonna end in a very crazy bloody maybe like an all-out brawl between everybody
1: oh god that'd, that'd be cool if we're just actually just to have that one but yeah, yeah but right now it's a five and krakow two and next week we do have three issues so that'd be cool if, if next week we get to like to tie it up you know <laughs>
0: Yeah. uh, Let's see. We got because then we have X Men -Men
1: and then Excalibur final for the final week to maybe like tie it up again and then Destruction to just
0: settle it out. Yeah. So X Force. Uh, who's who's here from X Force? Uh, Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hellions, which we haven't heard back from Hellions yet.
1: And their whole mission was to try to stop it to begin with, but this shit's already started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then Cable. So. Yeah. So yeah, I'm loving it. It's bizarre, and it's it's more than I wanted. Actually, in the end, so much more. I thought I wanted something from it, and I got something else. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, but totally worth a read. I cannot wait for next week, and uh, we only got two weeks left. Wow,
1: it's so sad, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, best event ever. (laughs) But I definitely do not think Betsy's dead.
1: No, again, it, it was way too quick. She barely got to fucking do any damage. Like she just, she just raised up a the the psionic shield and didn't really swing the sword all that much. So yeah, there, there's no way she's out.
0: Yeah, and plus, I mean, spoiler alert: she's she's on several covers of Excalibur coming up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why I was kind of like, mm. uh, um, Excalibur I think I think she, I, I have a theory that Brian might sacrifice himself for her. That's exactly
1: what I was gonna say. Like Excal- Excalibur is the penultimate issue. It'll probably end up with him. He's not gonna make it, and then she'll probably have to come back. Yeah, yeah. So, man, crazy. Because yeah, she had it. like the, the shitty card, and he had like the good card, and it can always just like switch around.
0: And they're the twins, you know. Like, yeah, that's just how it is. So, and Brian, I mean, I love Captain Britain. Don't get me wrong, but he's the less important character in the mainstream things right now. Yeah so we'll see um, yeah but I'm really enjoying those uh, that's everything we got this week did you, did you have anything you want to add before we go no it was just
1: it was all good <clears throat> shit this week
0: nice yeah I, I really enjoyed everything I read it was a great great quality week so yes all right thank you so much for joining us on we have issues um, as always you can check us out at our website geek-network.com on twitter our channel is GN Podcasts uh, this show is WHI Podcast. Myself, I'm at GN Podcasts Keith. Liz is at GN podcast Liz. And Hostway is at hostway Reads Hosway. Uh, so check us out there. You can also check out our uh, podcast where you're currently listening to it, uh, wherever that might be. But just so you know, it's also available on Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. I know this comes out on a Monday. So have a happy, healthy, and safe week. And we'll see you next week. This has been a Geek Network.